Hi, and welcome back to Coco Disaster, the world's newest, most premiere anime podcast. The first ever episode of this brand new series. We actually just changed the name a little. You bet. Like, literally the most minimal we could. Yeah. I don't know, you put in a lot of work, you have to get a new iTunes and everything. Yeah, we have, we have to do a lot of work for it. Yeah. But we changed, we just changed the name a little bit. Yeah, and the logo. Yeah, making it a little more professional, as they say. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, but we're still here to talk about anime and anime-related items. You bet, but mostly anime. Right. And that doesn't change this episode, because today we're looking forward to the fall 2016 anime season. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of shows out. There are so many shows out. There are so many shows, and it was hard to curate this well-crafted list we've put together yeah. of shows we're going to watch. But we're going to do it, and we're going to tell you about it. Mm-hmm. But first... We are. We're going to tell you some news. Tell me about the news. Well, first up, the biggest news, I think, in English anime industry history. Uh, well, it's big. Yeah, it is. It is big. <laughs> Yes. It is definitely big, is that Crunchyroll and Funimation have partnered together to expand anime access. Yeah. And that's that's kind of big. That uh, is a big deal. The, the, these are the two, I think it's safe to say, largest English anime uh, companies. Two largest in America, at least. Yeah, definitely for America. And they have partnered together... Um, Sort of, I'm not sure if it's in response to the increasing amount of other um, services that are doing, like, simulcast stuff, or if this just mm-hmm. made sense for kind of what the two um, companies are trying to expand into. I think it probably just makes sense for them financially, because right now they have to, like, get into huge bidding wars against, mostly against just each other for anime, and that's Yeah, it's, they announced something like, it. it sometimes a uh, big title shows come down to, like, $200,000 an episode. Yeah. And that's nuts. That is a lot. And I think this way, it kind of cuts down on that. It's a little... It's a, it, it, it's, it reeks a little of, like, this kind of a weird monopoly in terms of this industry, but, you know, I think it's... I think overall it's a pretty good thing. This is like when Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage teamed up. <laughs> It's, it's like, exactly who, who do you like have that. to fight against that? Nobody. Right. So what's why do you even do that? So Crunchyroll's going to be handling the same as it always has. Yeah. But Funimation now is going to be focusing specifically on dubs, English language dubs. Hell yeah. And also the, the disc distribution for both series. Right. And they're basically... Now they're going to be bidding on shows with the other groups that do it, like Daisuke and stuff like that. But they're going to be working together, so Crunchyroll handles the subs, Funimation handles the dubs, and sort of their catalogs eventually are going to be, like, exactly the same, minus the language options. Does Daisuke even have to bid on anything? I figured certain shows are just funneled straight into there by the producers. <sighs> Daisuke does, I think, ha- Daisuke now has, like, a... um like, a membership, at least, so you do have to pay for it, so I assume some money has to go through. Okay. But I don't know if they... I don't know if they did. But Daisuke is, like, partially owned by, like, Bandai and Sunrise or whatever, stuff like that. 
Because I don't think Daisuke has, like, many exclusives. No, no, I guess not. Like, I think the most exclusive thing they had was technically One Punch Man, if you count, if you don't count Hulu. Yeah. Which I don't, because Hulu sucks. Right. <laughs> and also another thing that's, like, America only. Yeah. And Funimation, along with this, is kind of doing, like, an overhaul of their site. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, Thank God. They're, they're opening a UK island branch of their site. They're trying to build a new site. I think they're opening up apps for, you know, like, PlayStation, Xbox, stuff like that. And hopefully they're gonna, you know, f- make their video player even better. I hope. <laughs> that would be nice. I think you could just say better, in case oh. of the Funimation video player. You're right. But I think, you know... What Funimation, for a while, seems to have been focusing more on dubbed content anyways. Yeah. Like, just between the sheer amount of, like, broadcast dubs they're trying to do and everything, and just kind of their MO and how they handle it. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it, this was sort of... This this seems like a, a move that could be expected, is, like, they want to focus on that part of it, and they can hand it the rest of it off to another company. Yeah. It seems like a good move for them and a good move for us because now we have we pay one subscription for presumably most of both's content. Yeah. Uh, it's just not that good for the anime industry because now there's this one collective that has just Huge. a ton of leverage. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. And so it's like... Yeah, it's weird because I think this means that they're hoping to open up the rights to a lot of these shows as well. Because Funimation is pretty exclusively, like, North America. And it mm-hmm. looks like some of the shows that they've brought over are at least opening up to, like, European countries. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of shows would have to be renegotiated. Like, a lot of licenses would have to be renegotiated based yeah, on this. Yeah, because I'm sure distributors in other countries, like, you know, all the anime or whatever, yeah. like, you know, for Australia, already have some of these rights. But even to... but even rights that like Crunchyroll and Funimation already had may have to be renegotiated just based on clauses that would mm. prevent this sort of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. But who it's, knows? It's a it's a weird thing. It is a weird and thing. Yeah, I guess just as things go forward, we'll have to see what happens with it. I'm glad. Remember when I said that uh, I would watch D Gray Man if <laughs> I could just watch it on the Crunchy Player? Uh huh. I bluffed. I'm sorry. I'm still not gonna watch it. <laughs> Damn. But they did it. Yeah, it is up they there. It. It's there. Along with a couple other things from this season. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it, and also uh, Cowboy Bebop. Everyone loves that. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Um. So that's... We'll have to see how that turns out later. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it's it, it's taking the best of both companies and putting them together. Yeah. Now, in different other news, maybe a little less... Uh, Good. Ah! English Shonen Jump picked up the Promised Neverland. Yeah. So it's officially part of the uh, the Shonen Jump catalog. Hopefully that means that it'll get the serialized releases as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, has there been any... I don't think I've heard any news about the other two series, but they also, like... They also, like, did the, the Jumpstart thing later than the Promised Neverland. Yeah. Do you know anything about that uh, guy with the Shonen Jump? I know that they're not good, so they're okay. probably not going to get picked up by Shonen Jump themselves. So did you check both of them or just Red Sprite? Uh, just Red Sprite, because the other one I could just write off based on the premise. Right, which is basically just like, this dude is surrounded by ladies. Well, uh, yeah. 
Uh, and Red Sprite was just, <clears throat> it was weird because it had a very similar orphanage, but there's something bad going on beneath the floorboards start a, a setup that the Promised Neverland did. Mm-hmm. And then it took it into a way different and way more generic direction. And I was just not interested at all. Yeah, when I saw you sent like a, a picture of it and it seemed like it was just like uh, this child with a sweet sword is uh, handling an airship. And that, you know, that seems all right. Yeah. But then you said it was weird. It was weird. And, like, had to do with, like, turning uh, children into fuel. Yeah. And that's weird. Uh, I think it is, like, good to have this in the magazine, like, the the Japanese version, at least, just because there are no really, like, classic shonen adventure-style manga left in that magazine anymore. Except for One Piece. Like, World Trigger wouldn't count? Uh, World Trigger kinda, but it's... uh, is very much just based on the town they're in, or at least the part that I watched. Like, it's, uh... Because the world triggers... I, that's not what they're called, but whatever. The mm-hmm. people, the main characters, are basically policemen. So I don't think okay. they really travel the world or go on big adventures. Okay, and Black Clover... Black Clover is, yeah. There are still a couple, but it's just not as focused on that anymore as it used to be. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's, it's branching out a lot more, and yeah. so... I don't know. A typical shonen adventure, like a new one, might be interesting to see. Yeah. But maybe but not, not Red Sprite. That's not interesting right. at all. <laughs> not this no. one. Nope. Uh. Speaking of other new things, uh, Ginorobuchi has announced that he is going to be pinning the next Godzilla film, uh, following in the, like, wake, I guess, of uh, Shin Godzilla, which is written by Ano Hideaki. And directed, right? Yes. Yeah. And so I believe Genarbuchi's just writing it, uh, and is then doing it with Polygon Pictures, okay. which is the which is like the Ajin and um, the three D boys. Yeah, the three D ones. Yeah, those ones. Which I mean, who knows? I mean, for better or worse, um, Polygon Pictures has the best CG in the anime market. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, I don't know the people that are now with uh. Uh, with Hideaki Anno's studio that did Cassette Girl, they, they're pretty good at it, too. Best full CG, I guess. Because yeah, sure. they don't, they, they don't do any 2D stuff, so. Uh, well then, I think how, in that well, case. then how about, uh, Square Enix CGI Works, the team that did Kingsglaive and Advent Children? Dang, they're really good. They are really good. They're really good at what they do. I guess that's just for films, though. I mean, like, you know, yeah. Polygon Pictures does anime as well. Yeah. So maybe okay. it's within anime. Sure. Because I don't call Kingsglaive anime, I call it art. <laughs> right, yeah, me too. <laughs> Other quick movie things. Um, so, um, Studio Ghibli just did that collaboration with that um, French studio, I believe, the, the Red Turtle. Right. And it was done by a, um, I think it was a Dutch director as well. A, a lot of good things have been coming out of it, and apparently um, uh, Hayao Miyazaki has even said that Watching this movie has kind of made him want to come out of retirement. Oh my like, god! I I want to work with the team that did this. Like he just can't get out. He can't. And that's Every not surprising. Time he tries to get out. He's they like, mm. they pull me back in. <laughs> they find a reason for me to want to do it again. Yeah. And I I would like to check out the Red Turtle at some point. It does seem really neat as like a dialogue free movie. Yeah. It's something I feel that just doesn't happen a lot. Uh, no, that's that's pretty rare. And plus, it's, you know, Studio Ghibli always does good work. On one front or another. Yeah. Yeah. 
other movies, Lupin the Third getting a new movie. Whoa. And it's based on Goemon. Oh, right. The, the samurai character. I know about this. Yeah. I think it's being done by the same group who did um, the woman called Fujiko Mine and the Daisuke Jigen movie. That makes sense, yeah. And if nothing else, the style on those is really good. I haven't checked those out myself yet. I haven't I seen them either, but point. yeah, they do look really good. Yeah, they look really good. It's And it's a little more on the, like, manga side of the tone of Lupin the Third rather than the anime. Because yeah. the anime's always been a lot goofier. And the the manga has always been a little darker, a little more serious. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see, especially since Goemon is sort of, I feel like, the character that most exemplifies that part of the style. Since he's basically just like the uh, assassin for hire samurai sort of character. Like, he yeah, never I guess. goofs in the same way, even he in never, the anime. He never goofs, you're right. Yeah, so he always seemed like the more serious sort of character that it would go along with that tone. Yeah. But still, it should be cool. Uh, Lupin is pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. I And I'm excited to see more of it, honestly, in the modern age. Yeah. Uh, let's see. C- continuing on with movies, uh, Battle Angel Alita J- by James Cameron is still apparently a thing that's being worked on. Even That's if it's shame. never going to come out. <laughs> because we have to wait for the rest of the uh, the Avatar movies. Yeah, I mean, he has to make one based on every book. And then the Korra movies, too. Yeah. Yep, that's him. Yep. But uh, apparently they've already cast people? Like, they're casting people for this movie. And it's not going to come out for at least, ten, like, ten oh. years. Yeah, they... That's weird. Um, what if everybody dies? Yeah, I don't... <laughs> you know, that's really weird. This whole thing seems strange, because I also feel like this is like a fever dream where someone said, oh, yeah, James Cameron's making a Battle Angel Alita movie like, <laughs> in the early 2000s, and it never happened, you know? Yeah. Seems like one of those things. Oh, he really likes anime. Does he? Yeah, he does. I don't know anything about him. I think the last... Two more things on movies, well, actually. And that's a lot of the news. The director of Netflix's Death Note film has talked about some of the stuff they're doing oh tell me about it uh so uh, adam wingard uh noted horror film director i wouldn't say noted but definitely a horror film director has decided to discuss that he this is he's committed to preserving the quote adult themes in the film noting the film has nudity swearing and a ton of violence Okay. And I don't think either three of those things are very prominent. Uh, there is no nudity in Death Note yeah, at all. Sure. Or no explicit nudity, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is very little violence. And yeah, there's... I think someone might say, like, fuck once. So this seems weird. Yeah. Um... And I guess the nice, I mean, I guess with Netflix, you don't have a rating system, so you can just kind of do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. There's a lot of blood in that. Death Note, I guess. Oh, I'm sure, but I don't think it's directly attributed to, like, real violence. No, it's like sometimes, uh, like, there's one death in particular where, um, uh, a death caused by the Death Note where someone has to write out a message in their own blood. That's kind of like violence. I guess. And then he ended the interview saying, like, I think we ended up with a really kind of nasty and crazy film. And it just seems like this is going to be a weird shock horror version of Death Note. You know what I think they're going to do? What? They're going to make the Death Note an allegory on drone strikes. 
Oh, no. <laughs> I liked it better when, before the show, you were like, what if they just made the Death Note a gun? <laughs> yeah, that would I be a lot that, better. That uh, but be they better. already did that in the Sword Art Online. Oh, did they? There's just a gun. Oh, right, they had that gun art. They had a gun that can just kill people through the internet. That's not how it ended up working, unfortunately, but... Oh, right, that was that thing where it's like, there is also an assassin in the person's room to kill them when the gun goes off? That is the plot twist, yes. <laughs> so stupid. It is. Oh, and the last bit of uh, movie news is that Aniplex USA has licensed a film to actually go to simul- simulcasting. Okay. Instead of just hiding it behind their outrageous Blu-ray prices. Their their Blu-rays cost a lot. So this is uh it is a movie called I've Always Liked You, which is based on a series of songs by a band that predominantly uses vocaloids for their uh vocals. Uh-huh. And it's I mean, it seems like a very kind of like standard sort of romance story that just happens to be based around characters from, you know, a song cycle. Which might be worth looking into just, you know, one day I'm going to find something that's based on a thing from Vocaloid that's good. I, I'm sure. There has to be one, uh, right? I mean, Makaku City Actors is okay. There's got to be one that's really good, right? No. But I think the, the accessibility of this makes it so we could even check it out. Yeah. Because I think that's an issue with just, like, anime movies in general is a lot of them don't make it to sort of these outlets. Yeah, that is true. And it's nice that Crunchyroll is going to be picking up this thing. And isn't that to be weird? Able to show off because movies are like the far more uh, consumable format. Like they're shorter than series. They're probably you could probably put them on Blu-ray for less outrageous outrageous prices. Also because they're shorter. Right. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, movies have always been the like sole the the sole property of like Blu-ray and DVD releases. They don't yeah. tend to see their way onto uh, streaming services, so it's nice to see this one. Yeah. All right, now just some other miscellaneous stuff going on. Okay. Anaplex Not USA has launched this sort of, like, writing and production group focusing on, like, new ways to, like, come out with anime scripts and hoping to find, like, new talent in sort of this workshop that they're building. Okay, are they laying down ground rules to not let people write stories about being caught in a game? <laughs> I wish, but it's being headed by the director of the Sword Online series, which means it's also the director of the Doofy oh. Erased, but still. So he's heading the group, focusing on writing scripts and scenarios for anime, as sort of like trying to find new approaches and find new ways to uh, change, you know, kind of switch up the format. And there's no... yeah. Re- requirements or restrictions to who joins so who knows this could be a catastrophic failure you mm-hmm. know this could lead to nothing but you know it's it's neat that they're trying out things these kind of things unfortunately often do like the ones that have no bottom for entry tend yeah. to go uh, go down in flames but you know it's always a valiant effort yeah oh we talked about um shonen jump series that are ending before on this show yeah and uh, Kochikame has uh, now been added to that. Oh, right. After 40 years, Kochikame is ending. R- rest in peace. You were good but the whole not way. Be- but not before earning a Guinness World Record for the most volumes published for a single manga series. At oh, a okay. hot 200. What about, is the case closed manga over? No. 
but I don't think it's been running as long. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess not. I guess that's a good, that's right. Like this, is, we're talking 40 years for yeah. Kochikame. I think Case Closed Close started in the 70s, 80s as well, right? No, it was the 90s. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Yeah, I think I think it started like 94 or something. Okay. So, it's got it's got some time, but it apparently has the lasting power to make it this long. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just like, wow, that's a lot of time to be spending on a single series. It is. And then I think it's also getting like an OVA to kind of go along with this. Like oh, that's either nice. this season or next. Like something to put it back on yeah. TV. I don't know if it had an anime adaptation, but it's something. It must uh, have. It probably has had a couple. It, I think it, it, it must have. I'm pretty sure it had at least one and probably yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Also, Bleach ended and then it was bad. Oh, right. I think we talked about it, and we never talked about the ending, but yeah. we talked about it was ending. Apparently, it's it, over it now. concludes in a complete nonsense manner, and the villain doesn't even die. What? Yeah. At least Naruto killed the villain. Does he? He doesn't kill Sasuke. Oh, wait, I was counting the other villain. Yeah. Spoilers, by the way, I'm sorry. <laughs> Spoilers, Sasuke says sorry. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and then he leaves. Oh. Uh, uh. I wish he'd left earlier. God, I mean, he did for a long time. Yeah, but, but I wish he would, like, left the oh, series. Like, the series. Mm. Uh, let's yeah. see, a couple last cleanup things. Uh, Production IG is releasing their Ghost in the Shell VR experience in English and worldwide. Okay. Which, I mean... You can that, play as Scarlett a... Johansson. <laughs> that's it? No, this is the good one. <laughs> <laughs> But it's uh it's it's apparently supposed to be like a like a a short sort of story I guess that you just get to experience in VR okay with Ghost in the Shell which seems neat uh I mean it requires you to have VR but it's coming to I think iOS Android and PlayStation VR okay so you could probably do it with like a cardboard or something a little more accessible yeah but that could be a neat thing just to see kind of you know yeah that could be cute yeah who knows. But, uh, I mean, that that author also kind of inconsistent, it seems. Like, the author of Ghost in the Shell. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is a whole... So, who knows? I mean, I, I hear, like, Ghost in the Shell is the good thing. So, maybe more of it will just be, you know, perfectly good. I mean, not all of Ghost in the Shell is good. Everyone loves standalone complex. Yeah, but that's not based on any of his actual it... stuff, I'm pretty sure. Oh, is it not? That is, I'm pretty sure that's a production IG original. Oh, that's and if weird. it's not, then they changed a lot because it doesn't resemble the writing style of the original author uh-huh. in that it's good. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, all right, then. And then, something I just wanted to go over real quick, since this is our uh, anticipation fall 2016 show. Go over the, like, main Japanese poll of what they're looking forward to. Oh, okay. At least, like, top tens. Mm-hmm. So... Do you think we the should top... do this at the end? Maybe. Yeah, let's do it at the end. But uh, let's introduce it. Okay. Now. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna be comparing our picks with theirs. Hell yeah! They have a top twenty of combined, and then a top ten of uh, both men and women uh, separated. Wow, that's almost two so... percent of all the anime coming out this season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a lot. So let's get to it. Let's get to it. All right. So first up, first in up. our list of animes, we have our. We have our A-list. This is the stuff we're really excited for and, like, we're pretty sure is going to be good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you start off. Okay. Uh, I mean, 
maybe that's not good for this first show because you're way more familiar with this than I am. But oh, it's right. the fifth season of Natsume Yujin Show or Natsume's Book of Friends. Yes, this is Natsume Yujin Show Go, which is yeah, fifth season. Um, it's been a pretty inconsistent show in that it's it it's kind of had seasons like every every on and off. Like I think the first one came out like 2008, and the last one was 2012. Mm-hmm. And in between, there have been two others. But like, yeah, so Natsume Yujin Show is about a dude who can see yokai and that sort of like haunted him his whole life because it causes him to like panic and freak out and make him look crazy and sort of made him an isolationist yeah and sort of about his life as he grows older and sort of comes to term with this thing that he can't control and try to balance a life around it as well and it's pretty neat i i like it a lot like i binged the whole series within the last year Mm mm-hmm and it's just a, it is fantastic in the way it takes like these sort of like slow country moments and mix, mixes it with sort of the fantastical. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, really neat series. Yeah. Um, it sounds really good. I'm surprised that I, it's never been on my radar before. It's definitely like a low key series. I feel like it's one of those ones that kind of, the people who liked it really liked it a lot, but it never caught on yeah. in a way. Because, like, Mushishi, I feel like, is the one that people always talk about with a similar premise. Okay. A sort of people interacting with the supernatural in sort of this casual setting. I've never heard of that either. You've never heard of Mushishi? No. Huh. Okay. Well, anyways. So, um, Natsume Season 5 seems really cool because it's just it's just more of it. And you said you haven't seen any of it? I have never seen even an episode of this, no. So, this is going to be interesting because I feel like what Natsume does really well is that it builds up the cast from seasons one on as like, and kind of just builds these relationships on and you coming in, you know, later into the game, I'm wondering if, because you don't know about it, if it's going to feel like natural and you understand a lot of what's going on or, yeah. but if nothing else, I think it looks really nice despite being sort of like, it doesn't animate a lot, no. but what it does, it does really well. Okay. And so it used to be done by Brainspace. Right. And now it's on to Brain Base's, like, side studio, Shuka, mm-hmm. who then also handled the new Dorara as the other thing that they, like, took from Brain's Base, as it were. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how that handles, too, because, like, I hear the Dorara thing looks good. and Dorara looks very good, yeah. And 91 Days is a little inconsistent, but definitely has a distinct style and tone to it. Mm-hmm. So seeing how it handles this, I assume it's going to be more or less the same, but, you know. It is the same director still, Takahiro yeah, Omori. Yeah, so same same director, so I assume nothing too much is going to change. Yeah. Yeah, I I am really excited for Natsume Yujin Show. Me too. I hope I'm going to I hope I'm going to like it. Yeah. Maybe then um, I'll watch the rest too. Oh, for sure. And so then next up. Next up, we have uh, All Out, but produced by Studio Madhouse and directed by Kenichi Shimizu, who also directed the Parasite anime. Which was also at Madhouse, right? Yes, I think so. Um, All Out is a show about a rarely tapped uh, sport, at least within anime, and that's rugby. Uh, it's a, there's, it doesn't really have a, a hook premise. Like, it's pretty basic. There's some kids, they're coming together in high school and they're going to play rugby together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- I've read some of the manga, and I think, but, uh, I mean, I was already interested from the start because any Madhouse show that looks even remotely interesting, I'll probably at least give it a, give a shot. And it looks interesting, all right. It, the butts. It has a lot of good butts. 
Um, <laughs> but I read, I went to read a little bit of the manga, and I think what's interesting about it is that uh, characters are emotionally very aggressive, which mm. I think is very rare in like underdog sports manga, because usually the main characters are like, they are, you know, the the meek underdogs a little bit. And this is very right. different from that. And these are the loud, angry underdogs. They're not angry, but there's like, it's very, it's a little bit testosterone-fueled, which, you know, okay. it fits with rugby. Right. That's a very, it is a extremely masculine sport. Yeah. If I, if I had to compare it to any other uh, sports show, then I'd compare it to either Slam Dunk or that one baseball manga where it's just like a group group of that that oh, play rookies. the base- yes rookies not outlaws i meant uh the, the delinquents word? delinquents right that's a good yeah. manga man rookies is so rookies good rookies is so good and i hope i hope all that's going to be good too so i assume it's not going to be in the same sort of aggressiveness but i assume it's a very aggressive sort of style with these characters it's very emotionally outgoing i guess okay. yeah the, very loud and honest yeah and very boisterous sincere, yeah. i guess is a yeah. good word for it because I assume it's not going to be like rookies where they're just like beating the shit out of each other to pump no, each other up. No, no, it's nothing like that. Man, rookies is good though. Why didn't that rookies ever get an is... anime? Oh man, I wish. Uh, but I guess, I guess one thing to say about it is that it uh, it looks like it's maybe not going to look so good. Like even uh, Prince of Stride, which we already knew was going to be like a Madhouse B show, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, just the first episode made it look very promising. Uh, just mm-hmm. like the sprinting section at the end. And this, like, even the PVs don't look that hot. So I guess don't get your hopes up too much. At least for visual quality. Yeah. Like, the 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 key art, man, the butts look so good. You just want to go out and grab them. But in the shows, it'll be <laughs> just all right butts. Uh, I mean, it'll be a diff- I think it'll depend on the shot and stuff. Yeah. The only unfortunate thing, I think, was, like, the 3D rugby ball for me. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way it goes, I think, because even yeah. even Haikyuu has 3D uh, 3D balls. Yeah, it's just it was very apparent, I guess. Yeah, I just hope they're gonna go all out on this one. Oh, for sure. Sports, sports. We got we just talked, We just said it. Haikyuu season three is coming out. Production IG's back at it. The director's back, and it's Haikyuu. It's Haikyuu. It is a shortened season. Uh huh. Uh, normally these, the last two have been like 26 episodes, sort of tour de forces of the story. And we, we've caught up, I think, pretty well to where the manga is. Uh, with the end of this, we will. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was kind of surprised that they brought it back this soon at all. Mm-hmm. But I guess there might be like a, there might be sort of like a hype train going on with it. There might be like renewed interest that kind of demanded a new one. I think. Uh, this might just be like within my own little like bubble of people, but way more people like caught the Haikyuu fever with season two than they ever did with season one. So it might be that this is just a ride on. That. Yeah, they're still riding that wave. That could very well be. And so it is. Um, <laughs> it is based on a very very long game in the uh, in the manga. Yeah, like they could they could have made a full thirteen episode season out of this story. And I'm kind of glad they didn't. Yeah, because it's just one match. I don't know if we already established that. Yeah, so the the season is going to be ten episodes in a single match. Yes. Which, to be fair, is against, I think, maybe the highest profile team they've hyped up in this series. That's been introduced so far, yeah. Yeah, that's been introduced so far and has, like, had any, like, you know, has any kind of place in the plot so far is that they are just, like, the team to be. Yeah, they're the team. They have what you could call the series antagonist in it. Mm-hmm. It was like this guy who went to nationals at one point. They're a big yeah. deal. And they're big. 
yeah, they're a big deal. And it's sort of like these underdogs going up against them. It's very shonen, you know, shonen. Yeah, it's classic. But I think Haikyuu handles that pretty well. Yeah. And they've always paced the games kind of slow. So I don't think it's going to be too different with 10, but I feel like 13 would have been kind of a breaking point for that. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm still excited. Haikyuu always looks really nice, and it seems like Production IG is always ahead of schedule with that kind of stuff. They're, they are, they're always up on it. Although, this time, I don't know. It's, it's like, Haikyuu was two seasons ago, right? Season two? Uh, yeah. yeah. There, there's been a two-season break. A two-season break. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was just one season. No, because it was the the last thirteen episodes were in winter. Okay, then yeah, that's two seasons. All right. So yeah, I hope they had enough time to make this look as good as the last uh, last two seasons. Yeah. Hope so. Those volley boys, they're pretty cool. They're good. I've, I, I like picked them. up the first volume of the manga, and that's good too. I was actually they cleaned up a lot of the art for that one oh, uh, that's compared cool. to the original serialized release. So or not serialized, uh, published release. So that's good. Okay, like the stuff in Shonen Jump. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, and I guess we should mention, uh, these are, up until now, these are all shows that both of us are going to watch. Yeah, I think in the this section, basically all of them are things we're both watching. Uh, yes. And minus one. Yeah, minus we'll one. That. Next up, we have, um, March Comes In Like a Lion. Yeah. And it's done by Shaft, and by the, by a Shaft director. Bakamonogatari, um... Gourmet Girl Graffiti. Like, you know, it's one of those things where you you look at a director and that sort of tells what the show's going to be like, but I feel like this one doesn't because it's just, oh, this person works at Shaft. Yeah, Shaft gets a raw deal. Gets raw deals all the time. So, and, you know, um, I don't know a lot about this series. You might be better talking about it. Uh, I know a little bit about it, but uh, much like All Out, I don't think I can really give, like, a hard sell on the premise. Uh, it's basically about a guy who moves into a new home with a new foster family, and, like, he doesn't really have, a like, a good hold on anything. Like, he's having trouble with his job. He can't, he can't really, he doesn't have a good relationship with all the people around him. Everything's just kind of tough for him. And it's a show about exploring how that goes. And it's very, it's very good. The also manga is very good. Through Shoji, I believe. Like, they play a lot of Shoji. Yeah, Shogi is the... Oh, yeah, I, I definitely should have said that. That is the, the, the central theme. The and central. I assume that they'll they'll explore sort of their characters through how they play Shoji, which is a little goofy, but I think that's sort of... you know that's, that's not an unsurprising thing, is like how you play games is how you are yourself sort of thing. Yeah. And I... So I don't know much about it, and it... It definitely doesn't have sort of the same sheen that a lot of the Shaft shows have recently. Oh yeah, the PV looked pretty rough. And I think that plays into the style of the manga more. Uh, so I'm not like I'm not like super down on that, but it's definitely like it's definitely going for a very distinct different feel. I think it's trying to be kind of like I feel like it's not trying to be bombastic and it's not trying to be more than this very sort of down-to-earth countryside sort of story. No. Like, it's definitely not being presented like a like a Monogatari series, which is... No. Just... Which is wild. It is... Well, yeah. And even, uh, even like, Gourmet Girl Graffiti uh. has, like, a lot of sparkle and sheen to it because it's going for that sort of, like, 
Moe-ish angle. Uh-huh. And this is definitely trying for something a little, like, a level lower than that. Yeah, totally. So it should be neat. I've I've heard a lot of good things about it. It is really good. For sure. And okay. I like it. Oh, so you've read the manga. Yes, I've read the manga. Oh, you're a it. manga reader. That's me. That's you. Now back to sports. Yeah. Tell me about it. Uh oh, Yuri on ice. Uh with three exclamation marks. It's yeah, Yuri. Yuri on ice. On ice. Uh, it's being produced by Studio Mappa and directed by uh, Akiyuki Shimbo, director of uh, Machiko and Hachin, which is a series I really like, as well uh-huh. as the movie Lupin the Third, the woman called Fujiko Mine. Yeah, that no, that's the TV series. Oh, is that the? Okay, yeah. I thought that was the movie is Daisuke Jigen's Gravestone. Oh, right. I assume it's the same person. Yeah, I don't know. About, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think he also did the. It's within the same series, yeah. but regardless, Yuri on Ice is about ice skating. It's about ice skating. Or figure skating, I believe. Yes. Is more proper. Like, Olympic-level ice skating. I don't know about Olympic, but... Oh, no, it is. You're right. Yeah. And so, it's about... um, But it's about a guy who, like, has been out of the scene for a while, as it were. Yeah. Because he, like, he lost the big game. The big competition. Yeah, and so, this uh, Toshiyuki, sort of... He's coming back into it and trying to, sort of bet everything on this last skating season. Yeah. Because his main problem is just that he can't handle pressure, and he's trying to work against that. And he's given these rival characters in these, um, I believe they're both Russian uh, competitors. Yeah. Uh, Yuri and Victor, who are like, either, like, uh, one of them's an up-and-coming, like, star, and one of them is, like, a national champion, like, living legend. And so it's, it, it's, it's very sports in how it's handling, like, sort of, oh, he's coming back into this, and suddenly he has, like, huge competition on all fronts. He's coming back for one last big game. Yeah, people who are ahead of him and, you know, outclass him, and people who are coming into it new and also are, like, showing a scene of, uh, outclassing him. Yeah. It should be neat. It should uh, be neat. It looks really good. It looks really good, as MAPPA shows usually, usually do, I think. Yeah, MAPPA, MAPPA has, a, I think, a really good style to how it does motion and everything. Yeah. Even if MAPPA doesn't do, like, a ton, I think what they do is, like, really good. Yeah. Like, even at its worst, like, you know, Days looked, you know, it looked good. Yeah, I think uh, Punchline's probably the only thing they've ever made that didn't look so good. The visuals are kind of uneven in that one, yeah. for sure. I think the rest of their shows have always been more consistent. Yeah, and this is... Is this based on a novel? No, this is original content, so support original anime. Right, support original anime. Yeah. That's what we always say here. We always say it. We'll support good original anime. And Yeah, and we hope that this is going to be that. Yeah, this does look good. It's very promising. I'm excited about it. But days also look very promising. We'll give it a shot anyways. Yeah, that is... Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, uh... Because also, figure skating is one of those things that, while there isn't always as much motion to it, the way that it does expression is really important. Yeah. And so I think that's the sort of thing that'll be the make or break on how it's handled. Is how it handles, like, expression and how it does, like, the subtle movements that go along with it. I hope that when a character does a triple axle, they don't just draw him like a tornado or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Like, um... Like, there was the scene in, what was it, um, Death Parade that did the ice, the figure skating sort of stuff. Yeah. And if, if it was even, like, 
that quality, I think it would still be really good because it's a good sense of how to handle motion. And, you know, especially the very, like, unique motions that go along with figure skating. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that quite looks like it when it's, like, really top-tier sort of stuff. Absolutely. Next up. Next up. Funiwama, The Great Passage. It's being done by a studio called Zex. Uh, yeah, I th- <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> I'm going to guess Zex. Zex, yeah. And directed by someone who I don't think matters based on his credentials. It's like shown in Hollywood and... And say I love you. I hear that's okay, but... So it, it kind of... I mean, that again, that's also just a Zex thing. Yeah. But um, this is... This is a novel, award-winning novel, I believe also was award-winning live-action series. It was a movie, I think. Movie. I think it was, like, it probably was a movie because I watched it as one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if it was a series, that would be weird and short. Okay. And it is about uh, a literary publisher? Yeah. Specifically, it's about uh, a dictionary, like the the titular Funewamu, The Great Passage, which is being created within a company. And one of the uh, accountants at the company, I think, uh, or like just someone from the sales department, uh, gets transferred to the editing department because the creation of like of dictionaries or the publication of dictionaries within this company like always eats away at their budget and that needs to be stopped. And it's kind of about his adventures becoming an editor, even though he's really bad with people. Okay. And it's good. I know of nothing else that the author is a predominantly like bl author okay and i feel and that's i that's definitely true of showa genroku rakugo shinju as well right is these authors who are predominantly in another field getting their like non-romantic works put into series i mean i won't spoil if this is a romantic work or not but okay but like taking those authors works and this may open up for the ability for from what i understand like the the good side of like boys love uh, stories to also get uh, animated adaptations, which could be neat. Yeah, it seems like definitely like taking these authors and opening up the door for more of their work and other work by similar authors is something that you know is commendable. Boy, maybe if we didn't use a, a schlock term such as "boys love," this wouldn't be a problem. Maybe. Wow. Because it does come off. I guess it does come off as sort of closed of a term. Yeah. It's one of those things that kind of like, oh, so it's about this, when it could be about a whole bunch it of things. It could be about like, anything. Yeah. I guess it's limiting is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. And I think it's also, it, it sounds a little exploitative. It makes it sound like borderline porn. Yeah, I think it, and I think it holds a sort of connotation for that as well. It does, a lot of it is like that, yeah, but it doesn't have to be. Um, right. I might have brought this up with uh, Rakugo Shinju as well, sort of like, just the the fact that these authors are getting something there means it opens up the door for the rest of their work. Which, if it's the good portion of that genre, then that's exciting because I, we just don't get a lot of representation on that side. Yeah, so that would be great. Yeah. Because I'd love to get some good into Super Lovers. Yeah, man, that's getting a second season. Oh my god, you're right. That's terrible. But guess what? Get what? Guess what's not terrible? I hope. We're still talking about good anime. Yeah. Probably. Classicaloid. I don't know. This is completely baseless, the idea that this is going to be a good anime. We just hope. So it's done by Sunrise. Yeah. 
and it's directed by the director behind Gintama and Osamatsu-san. Right. So, two, I feel like, very irreverent sorts of comedies. Oh, yeah. And so, it's it's weird because I I I originally felt like Classicaloid was a continuation of Sunrise's, like, tribe cool crew brave beat sort of like ridiculous dance sort of thing Mm -hmm. but instead they're basically building this sort of like magical composer anime yeah like the idea is that a bunch of gigantic robots drop and then basically magical boy versions of famous composers show up to fight them this is what i watch anime for basically premises like these yeah no um and it just seems really ridiculous like the whole thing is going to be like modern like edm remixes of classical (laughs) music and that's just that's just so oh man i love it i love it so much i hope this is going to be good but it's being written by the person who wrote or one of the it's being written by a lot of people but the person who has the lead credit is the writer of Chaika the Coffin Princess, the original novel, mm. not the anime, uh, okay. which, if nothing else, is not funny. Right, for sure. I guess that is a problem. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, Chaika the Coffin Princess is a very mediocre product, I think, so I hope Classicaloid rises above mediocrity, because you were the one who put this in the very interesting category, very interested yeah. category, not me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I love goofs. No, but the art style is also very interesting in that it's got, like, this distinct, very bold outlines for everyone. Yeah. It, it looks like a Bandai-style color, like, kids show. And I'm 100% sold on this premise. Yeah, it's a good premise. Just conceptually. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. And I, even if, like, the humor of Gintama or Osamatsu, like, doesn't always hit with me... I think the premise itself for this might be enough just to elevate it a little bit more on that, you know? Yeah. Like, because that sort of comedy is going to be happening in the middle of a lot of stuff happening instead of the other ones where it's a lot of, like, kind of... Especially in Osamatsu, it's like a slower sort of frantic in the midst of sort of, like, mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Where this is just going to be all all out. Right. This is just going to be nuts. This is going to be bonkers. I hope it's going to be good. And so the last one on this list is one that you're only watching, but I, I'm interested in. And it's yeah. www.working. Yeah. Uh, it's the fourth season of Working, sort of, still being made by A1 Pictures and by the same director. And this one's actually a little bit different because it's not based on the, the manga release of Working. It's actually based on the webcomic, which preceded the manga, uh, so it's got it's different characters. It takes place in a different cafe. Uh, you know, different cast. Same, same. But old, it's effectively the same show. Same old good jokes that you fell in love with, like how someone might be a pedophile or not. It's all great stuff. <laughs> the best jokes. All the best ones. Um, and I've never read any of it. Like the working manga is a little is a lot less digestible than the anime is. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going into this kind of blind, but man, working is so good that I hope this is also going to be really good. And I, I assume that the cast isn't just going to be like heavy repeats, you know? Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think so. And it would be weird for that too, because that would mean that 
working is the derivative work, but they're yeah. showing www.working afterwards, so it's going to be weird. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's... Mm. It's like when you watch Seinfeld for the first time in the 2010s, and it's like, this sucks. This is like every, every other, other show, show out yeah. there. Yeah. When when it builds, yeah. When, But um, I, I put this in my... Maybe I'll pick it up if I drop other stuff list, because I feel like it's more accessible to someone like me who doesn't necessarily want to watch the rest of working to get caught up yeah. for a season i mean you don't, you don't have to if straight. you watch working because the first episode every season does a good job of reintroducing a lot of the characters like here's this guy here's why he sucks have a okay. good time but still this this seems like an easy an easier way to walk into the series yeah is through totally. www so maybe that'll be cool i hope I hear so. working's good yeah i wonder if they're gonna recycle the same opening for the fourth time and pretend it's a different song Another ska song? Yeah. I mean, I'll dig it. Alright, well... Speaking of digging Let's it. coolish walk straight into the next category, which is sort of <laughs> interesting. Sort of interesting. And boy, howdy, did you pick the best show to start this section off yeah. with. Yeah. Oni, the animation. Oni, the animation. By Studio Dean. By Studio Dean. Dean, who are also working on a movie for this, right? Yeah, the, yes. After this TV series... Uh, sometime next year, an animated movie based on Ao Oni will pop up. Yeah. So, following in the great trend of the two PC games based on RPG Maker and the two live action movies. Yeah. So, for those not in the know, Ao Oni, like Tropes just said, is it's based on a, an RPG Maker game made in Japan that is one of the rare ones that made it over to the West. Like, it's basically just that and Corpse Party. And it's predominantly based on horror. Uh, it's You could call it horror if you really want. It's supposed to be it's horror. It's supposed to be horror. It's about these kids who go to a haunted house and then they meet uh, the, the purple McNugget guy from McDonald's. <laughs> Aoni. Yeah, except he's upside down. Grimace. Yeah, yeah, Grimace. That's the one. Yep. And then they ch- they chase... It's, it's bad. It's not good, but... He chases you through a house and you discover... That he's a demon. That you discover that he's a demon, which you would it might surprise you if you <clears throat> if you're not Japanese and don't know Japanese. Because Aoni just means blue. It demon. just means blue demon. Uh, he's purple. He is purple. So what what were they doing? Zero, but anyways, zero out of five. This, so anyways, this short series that they're doing at Studio Dean. Yeah. Really, it looks like it's going to be a comedy thing. Uh huh. So. What I'm expecting very much is sort of like an impenetrable thing about jokes about Ao Oni, like as a fandom. Listen, thing. I know a lot about Ao Oni, so I'm gonna. So get, you'll explain it all. I'm for gonna me, get right? everything they could possibly want out of this show, unless it's Japanese puns, which I won't get. <laughs> okay, but man, Ao Oni the animation. We're both watching it for some reason. Yeah, we're instead idiots. of TQ. Yeah, I'm sorry, Miller I don't Pencil know why guy. we decided on this. I don't know because it looks great. Citation it needed. Look, it does look okay as a style. Yeah, yeah, I kind of, I, I dig the style. It's, it's cute, and I feel like you know, it's it's pretty all right. It's not like gross. I mean, that blue guy's gross, but that's the point, right? He is a little, yeah. He is a little gross. I wonder how they made the original graphic for the character, like in the game, because he looks so weird. But this is definitely one of the most questionable things we've picked up this season. Yeah, I mean, maybe for you, I think it's going to be great. If they don't make a joke about how you can loop the Aoni around the chair in one of the first rooms to, like, infinitely stall him, then it'll be a bad show. Like, I go, I hope they go super deep on the in-jokes like that. <laughs> that would be great. Well, I can only hope. Yeah. That's Aoni. That's Aoni. 
Next up, let's talk about Flip Flappers. Yep, this is a show only you're going to watch. I'm watching Flip Flappers. I think at some point you said you were, and then you were like, this is bad, actually. I don't remember ever saying that. I, 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 I said that based purely on the name, and then I saw what it was actually like. Right, and then you were like, and then you were also like, man, it looks really good. Too bad I would probably hate this. I don't think that I ever said that. That doesn't sound <laughs> you, like something I would say. You, you said, why are all the worst shows this season looking the best? And you specifically linked to the Flip Flappers PV. Okay, but I meant visually. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Right, no, no, that's what I mean, is, you're like, man, why does this look so good, but also it's a shitty series? Yeah. Like you're, I don't know, uh, it's it's definitely a very different sort of art style. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a weird sort of, like, almost moe. Do you want to explain what the plot is about, or is moe enough of a description? It's, <clears throat> I don't even think I know the plot, because I feel like the plot the summary is written, like, in-universe. <laughs> Basically, these two magical girls are from different times and different dimensions, and as far as I understand, there there's like a there's a shard that can grant any wish, and it's sort of like these two characters fighting other magical girls for this wish thing. As as far as I can get from the from the PV and the plot description. Okay. It's possible that these two characters are the same character from different dimensions. Slow down again, Robucci. Jesus. It looks really good. Okay. Like, visually. Yeah, no, you. I agree. I think visually it's a very striking and dynamic. And the characters, if nothing else, are distinctly drawn. Like, it doesn't exactly look like other anime out there. Coming at you straight from the good boys at 3 Hertz, who also did Dimension W. Which, if nothing else, looked pretty good. They got weird squishy heads. There's a lot of special effects. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are, which, are we talking about... Dimension W or Flip? Okay. No, Flip Flappers. I don't know. Flip Flappers would be cool. Uh, directed by an animation director on Deno Coil, which may explain some of why it looks so good, because I hear Deno Coil animates super well. It does. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm usually not one for Magical Girls, but this looks good and sort of different enough for me to be into it, because it's also like weird sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to give it a shot. Okay. And it doesn't look like it's weird, gross pandering. Well, hey. Which is, which, you know, that's uh, that's the thumbs up in my book. <laughs> Alright, that's enough to make it a good anime. Not gross. Yep. The chakra disaster <laughs> seal of approval. <laughs> I mean, that seems to be how it is sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta take it like it is. Speaking of taking it like it is, uh, this is the bad transition for this next show. Next up, we got uh, Trickster, which is, I, I'm pretty sure it's a completely original show by uh, Shinai Animation and directed by... Uh, Kiyotaka Oshiyama, who has a really bad track record. Like, I gotta point this out. His two most notable, uh, his two most notable credits are director on the Hyperdimension Neptunia anime and episode director on, uh, Madoka, which are two things I don't like with a fervor. Okay, so Trickster is a, like, pseudo-cyberpunk reimagining of, um, Edogawa Ranpo's work. Is, who, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Who is basically what is like the the Japanese mystery writer akin to um, Edgar Allan Poe? Okay. The story is about uh, it's about all these like young detectives who do all the, who do who are really good at their thing, and then one day they team up with this dude. Like this kid comes to them 
who it seems like he cannot die due to the effects of like some strange mist thing. And then maybe as but a he res- really wants to die. He really wants to die, but he just can't. Uh, and possibly as a result of this, the, this young detective team starts coming into contact with all these weird villains all of a sudden, the f- or one weird villain specifically, the fiend with 20 faces. So I guess that counts as 20 villains, maybe. And all of this is very reminiscent of all of Edogawa Ronpo's works, because there's the Boys Detective Club, 20's Faces is a popular villain that he has. It's... It is a reimagining of it in the same way that, uh, what was it? Um, last year they had a similar thing. Ronpo Katan, that's the one. Okay. Which follows the same, similar sort of setup. Wait, was that Game of the Plus? The one? Yeah. Okay. Damn, so is this anime gonna have like a girl peeing a lot? Man, that wasn't in the original, so I okay. hope not. Okay, <laughs> I, I certainly hope not, no. Well, at least not the stories I've read. Let's be fair. Remember when Edgar Allan Poe wrote and the raven cried as he peed on the floor? <laughs> I do remember yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I, I watched the PV for this and it's like, it does seem kind of interesting. Yeah. But it's hard to tell exactly what to expect from the PV. Uh, it, yeah, I think. It, uh, the PV definitely doesn't sell the show in any way other than that it looks pretty good. Especially not the mystery no. part. It definitely looks sort of like just like a like a shonen battle thing. Yeah, I originally picked it up because uh, lately I've been thinking that I have uh, like just a natural reaction towards anim- action anime shows that make me go Ugh, unless there's like a sense of prestige <laughs> behind it, and I want to <laughs> not do that anymore because you know there good action shows do come out just because most action shows are like these really low-budget crap fast, crap fests based on light mm-hmm. no- novels. That doesn't mean a good one can't be stuck in between there every once in a while. And then it turned out, oops, this isn't an action show after all. Yeah, and I think it's original as well. Oh, well. I mean, that's fine. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, mo- a lot of really good action shows are original. Like, uh, I can't think of any, but that, that that's okay. That doesn't invalidate <laughs> my point. Yeah, for sure. I get it. It might be cool. Yeah. I, I had considered it at some point, it's just I, I, I hit my hard limit. Fully cool. So I, yep. Yeah, okay, for sure. Yeah, fully cool, great. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Genesis, Not Evangelion. sure about two and three, but I don't know, I haven't seen it. Okay, it's good. You just wanted to say that so I would admit it on the podcast, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah. You motherfucker. Um, okay, so next up, I'm watching a show. Okay, I would it's hope. It's called Long Riders. It's by the people at Studio Actus. Uh-huh. Which I don't recognize that name, and I'm sure I should. Like, they they clearly had to have done something. Why? Just because otherwise they wouldn't be able to get their hands on the prestigious IP that is Long Riders? <laughs> exactly. And then uh, directed by the person behind Monster Musume and the Yotterman uh The newest remake. one. The newest Yotterman, like, update. So you know it's going to be good. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Long Riders is some moe garbage about a biking club. Yeah. Kind of like Bakuan, but Bakuan was out of motorcycles and looked real gross. And this does not look gross. Yeah. I mean, did Bakuan didn't look gross either, did it? It wasn't until, like, the the, the, the booby washing scene. I, I think it always had some booby elements okay. to it. Especially in, like, the art designs. Like, one of the characters had, like... Some of the characters had some weird, like, skin-tight thing going on. Okay, I actually didn't know. Like, I hadn't seen anything about it. That's just what I thought. And these look moe gooey enough that it's not going to be super weird and sexy. You don't know that. Especially, 
Especially the way they draw the eyes. Like, I don't know how anyone's going to be attracted to that. The eyes are ridiculous on these characters. Boy, is your worldview about to be shattered. I love it. No, okay, so... I think you said you wanted to watch this at some point, and then you watched, and you're like, this looks bad, actually. Yeah, this, this is too moe for me to watch. I just... W- look, one day I'm going to find the thing that fills this chaos-shaped hole in my heart. And maybe it'll be Long Riders. No. I said maybe. No. I still have some... I don't know. Um, I... I definitely have bad, like, I, I have questionable taste, for sure. Like, I don't care about biking. I care about these, uh, five ladies hanging out and having a good time. And if they can accomplish having a good time without being gross or weird, that'll be enough for me. <laughs> I've never been able to do it. So I, I don't know <laughs> if anyone can. Maybe. No, no, um, I'm willing to give it a shot. Like, Bakuan, something about it, like, immediately turned me off, and nothing's done this about this, uh-huh. even though it's, like, pretty similar. So I'll, I'll give it a shot. Okay. And then I'm watching another thing. Tell me about Oh, it. yeah, because I watch one more thing than you do. Yeah. I was thinking through this, like, oh, wait, yeah, I have one more thing. Um, this is Udon no Kuni no Kiro Kimari, or Paco's Udon World, which is done by uh, Leiden Films and directed by the person behind... Uh, Attack on Titan Junior High, which I feel like tells me nothing. Yeah. But, um, this is another, like, single-parent sort of narrative. Are they gonna eat really big sandwiches, too? Uh, no, they eat... uh, Okay, well, the kid is found in an udon pot, so, I mean... I don't think they're gonna be eating... They might be eating noodles. There's a lot of food in the, uh, in the PV. But all, like, more traditional sort of Japanese food. I think they eat natto at some point, mm-hmm. which, ew. Yeah. Don't don't eat that. That's gross. But, um, so it's about a web designer. So already, immediately in, you know, immediately it hits home. Hashtag relatable. His family owns an udon place out in the country. And when he gets there, he opens an udon pot and discovers a young boy inside of it. I'm sorry, I meant, uh, I meant smaller than... Relatable, larger than. Okay. And That's an HTML joke. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and this uh, this boy, I believe, is a tanuki. He definitely has a tail and like wrecking ears. Okay. And so he quits his job to take care of this child, and it's sort of the story of him, like taking and raising this child. And I don't know. I really liked Sweetness and Lightning. I think there is something charming to me, specifically about uh, single-parent narratives. Mm-hmm. And the way that this is animated and and how it looks just looks really endearing to me. And I don't know. I'm I'm excited for it. I thought this was the same show as Sweetless, Sweetness and Lightning at first, just because the, the kid looks so similar in both. Yeah, I think it's less about cooking, though. Okay. That's surprising, considering the title. Yeah, there's just also food. Yeah. I mean, food's cool. I like eating it. I ate a lot of it today, so much so that right now, I don't feel so good about food. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that happens. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably be better tomorrow. And so that's all the shows we're watching. Yep. Everything from now on is stuff that we either are considering watching or definitely not. And you'll guess by the way we talk about it. Yeah, in descending order. From So, the last one in our sort of interested list... I mean, you could. I don't know why this is here. This could have just as well gone on the very interesting list, but I think putting a show we're not watching in there would be wrong in a way. Yeah. So TQ8. TQ8. 
You might be surprised. From the director Same of the studio new and director. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. But also all the other TQs. Oh, yeah, I and guess also he did the that studio too. who did TQ. In his off time. Uh, TQ is. Good. Good. Yeah. It's irreverent and wacky and a lot of non sequiturs, but it's fun. You know what's weird about what? TQ is that they always. Like, in the openings and in all the, the marketing material, they put, like, a heavy focus on the booby action. And there isn't really any of it. They don't animate enough for boobies. Occasionally, there's, like, a, a breast joke in the show itself. But, yeah, it's not it's not mm-hmm. really there. That's weird. Yeah. I, it was always weird thinking about it, too, because TQ basically, like, I think this break was taken because they needed more content. Because they go through a lot of TQ in a single episode of TQ. Yeah. That's like I think it's an entire chapter and episode, so and it's a wow. monthly thing, so Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, so they they have to take breaks. Mm-hmm. But also I can't imagine reading TQ. Cause I feel like from watching it there's just a timing to it, and there's like a particular sort of like once the joke is over, you need to have it over and move on to the next one. There's no time to sit on it. Yeah, I don't know how that a, these... that a manga doesn't allow. I don't know how a lot of the jokes in TQ would work if it like, if you just took your time to read them. That would be yeah. weird. Like, unless it's, like, a forced animated guyf, like, that just, like, moves <laughs> the page to page at a certain series of seconds that just decides how long you get to see it, it's maybe. Like, you ever seen that one horror web comic that is, like, it's always advertised as, uh, you know, it's scary, but it's only a comic. Oh, how the, scary can it right. be? You know that one? The one where you scroll down and there's the, 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 the picture of that lady running towards you? Uh, no, it's not a lady running towards you. It's a, it's a ghost turning around. But that, but one of those sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, and it, imagine if it's just that. And it's like, it's just a comic. How fast can the humor be? And it's just <laughs> the jokes just keep going. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. TQ's cool. Uh, if I drop anything else, TQ might be picked up. And also, and then also every, uh, from two to seven, because I haven't watched it all. Uh, maybe the reason there's another Berserk season coming out. Also, there's another fucking Berserk season coming out. I didn't want to bring it up, but we're bringing it up. There's a, Berserk 2016 is getting a second season, so now it's Berserk 2017. Uh, maybe they're doing that just to give the director something to do while he's waiting for more TQ content to adapt. Maybe. Because I feel like he did another adaptation, but basically it's all been TQ for the last few years. Yeah. God bless him. Except for when he's doing Berserk. Then I hate him. <laughs> oh. And now, we're into the maybe, maybe not. Yep. We're starting off with a spicy one. Yep. Uh, Sound Euphonium Season 2 season by Kiwani. Yep. They're still around. Uh, I mean, how could they not? They make so much money. They, yeah, they really do. I, I really want Sound Euphonium Season 2 to be good. Uh, I don't. I In don't the same care. way that I still wanted... Soundy funny of season one to be good? Like, I guess, but it has burned just so much goodwill. Like, I genuinely think season one of Soundy Phonium is bad content. Yeah, like, I, I, I recognize that I just didn't like it. Yeah. And it, it's, it's because of the, like, directorial things that changed between the novel and the, the, uh, the actual anime. Yeah. But I, I want, I want to like Sound Euphonium because it is, literally everything I like put together and then they did the bad thing that I didn't like. Yeah, they did. But like, I'm I'm super into concert band. I'm super into some of these characters. There's a good thing built out of it and then they just I just can't get over Raina. At least it looks like they are gonna kiss this season so they're not 
So it is. So there is a payoff. There is. It just means it's not going to be a weird, gross, baby show anymore. They're going to actually go whole hog and right. Maybe tell a genuinely romantic story, except they probably won't because Reyna sucks and doesn't fit. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm not happy about that because I don't like Reyna. Yeah, Reyna is the worst. Character. I can't. I have seen so many people espouse the terrible opinion that Reyna is better than the boy who is the main character's love interest in the book. Yeah, they they say, oh, um, what's his name? Um, Shinju? She, I don't know. But they say, oh, he's so boring. And it's like, Reyna is kind of equally boring. Reyna is the worst. Uh, here's a list of things that are better than Reyna. Uh, poop. <laughs> Eating glass. Uh, watching Helsing Ultimate. <laughs> and the list, the list goes on, but there's some notable competitors for my Look, understand that these are our opinions. If you like Reyna... All the better to you. You get to enjoy sound euphonia. Yeah, and I hope you have a good time. I hope it'll look good. And probably, I it's it's gonna look it's gonna look great. It's Kiwani. Yeah. If nothing else, Kiwani makes a good looking thing. But yeah, I just what a high bar. To I set. wanted to like sound euphonia, but I I can't stand Reina, and I think the other two characters that have now been pushed to the you know back seat are more interesting, and there's more interesting stuff going on with them. Yeah. Why couldn't she kiss the girl who likes the the tuba toy? Why yeah, why couldn't she just be a tuba coon? Yeah. Why didn't they kiss? Uh, why didn't she kiss yeah. tuba coon? Yeah, right. Next up. Next up. Tiger Mask W. It's Tiger Mask is making a comeback. Yep, this is a comeback for Tiger Mask by Toy Animation. It's a it's a pretty old like lucha libre wrestling sort of series, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. And it's being directed by the person behind the ultimate muscle thing, so I mean, it's someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, and also pr- uh, a pretty cure season, so I mean, that's happening. But um, oh, well. but yeah, I, Tiger Mask, I don't know anything about. M- I, me neither. Besides the fact that it is sort of a um, it's a it's a revival sort of thing going on. Yeah. Which that could be cool. I I don't know. I mean, wrestling in sort of that form isn't something that shows up in an anime a lot. Like, you don't get a lot of wrestling, either Japanese, American, otherwise. No. From anime. They're, like, the the most recent thing I can think of is, I want to be the strongest in the world, and that's not really wrestling. It's strange, because wrestling is actually very popular in Japan. Yeah, they have, like, a, their whole wrestling federation. Sort yeah, and uh, JPW is, like, one of the yeah. more, uh, like, well-known uh, pro wrestling federations in the world, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it might be neat to check out if someone picks it up. I like pro wrestling a lot, uh, but I don't know. The qualities that I like it for are ones that are inherent to anime as well. So I don't think making a, a pro wrestling anime is necessarily, or watching one is necessarily an idea. Well, it definitely into, seems but... from, it seems from the way they're doing it, it's definitely more Lucha Libre. Yeah. Well, it's the same, it's the same basic idea. Uh, it's yeah, all characters and stuff. Yeah. So. I don't know. It could, if it's cool, I, and there's a lot of shows that I drop, I might watch it. Yeah. It's definitely not on the top of my eye to pick it up next sort of list, but, you know. Yeah. Maybe worth it. Um, next up is Lost Storage Incited Wixos. Um Why is this here? It what you know, actually, I, I put it here originally, and then I needed to move it down. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about it here. Okay. So, I was kind of interested in this because Wixos is one of those things that uh, people within my circle of influence have said good things about. Okay. 
And at the time, it was like, oh, well, there's a, there's a, quite a bit of Wixos I'd need to watch to get to the point where Lost Orge, I think, would make sense. Mm-hmm. Since it's not a continuation of that same story, but I assume it is a continuation of the themes. And I ended up watching, um, I don't know, about half of the first season of Wixos and realizing it's not for me. Okay. I put it on because I'm a sucker for card games. And this is like real serious people card games where it's like legit life on the line, sort of a darker kind of. I mean, that's true for Yu-Gi-Oh! as well. That one dude was going to get his damn legs cut off. Yu-Gi-Oh! always has sort of a goofier tone to it, I feel. I mean, I guess. Yu-Gi-Oh! has always been sort of sillier about the drastic measures that people take. Okay. This manifests itself in sort of a pseudo-magical girl kind of thing going to it. I think when someone ended up describing it to me, it's like, when people talk about things that are sort of cribbing off of Madoka's success, mm-hmm. Wixos is one of those things. Ah. Uh, and from what I watched of it, it definitely feels that way. I could not get into it. Yeah, you're making a, a, a very weak case for this yeah, right that, now, that's in why I wanted to, that's why I wanted to drop it down at this point. Okay. Is I watched, Wixos, I watched Wixos, and I, I see why people like it, but it... It's basically creating an entire cast of characters where I don't want anyone to win because of the way that it creates these characters. Mm -hmm. Because it's a lot about sort of like hidden desires and sort of the darkness in people's hearts kind of thing. Okay. That just went to a, a, in a direction I didn't like. Right. But this is a new series. And if you enjoyed the themes of the previous Wixos or things like Madoka, JC staff has got you covered. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, directed by the Flying Witch director, too, which was J.C. Staff as well, right? I guess one thing about Wixos, I guess I can say, is that it handles a lot of stuff about relationships in general, like romantic, uh, familial, friendly sort of stuff like that, and handles it in a way that uh, not a lot of anime do, is that it, um, it condone, it, it, it says important things about, like, particularly, like, in sexual relations where this is a bad thing, and it's, you know, it, it it is shown in a very negative light that this person keeps fighting for this sort of thing. Okay. So that's appreciated is that it, it, it takes its tones and knows how to handle, like, this is bad. Right. Which is good, even if it does handle it at all. But yeah, Wixos isn't for me. Sorry. Okay. Girlish number. This is, this is, was your pick as well, right? I don't think I put oh, this I put on here. Oh, did I put it here? on here? Uh, girlish number is a... Story kind of like Story Gaseyu. Yeah, it, it's basically Story Gaseyu, but a little more, uh, a little more melee. It's yeah, it's very much that. I mean, hey, Story Gaseyu was already like really a lot, a lot like that, but it was still good. It's a little more polished into, I think, a more traditional anime direction. Uh, yeah, I guess. Which, and Girlish Number, I feel like, is going to be less. Oh, we also got the, a bunch of industry people in here. Okay, yeah, but I don't know. It might be, it might be neat. People like Story Gaseyu. Yeah, I do. I think you put this one on next. Maybe. No. Bernard Joe. No. Miss Bernard says I didn't put it on here. Oh, well. Then maybe I did. Well, tell me about it. Uh. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty sure I did not put it on here because I'd hate this premise. I didn't put it on here. Oh. Anyways, it's a gag manga about how these this group of people who hang out in the library love literature. Except they haven't read any of it. Except, well, the, the main character hasn't. Yeah. And that hijinks ensue. Yep. So that's that. Anyways. I mean, it's about books. 
People love books. I love books, but I love reading them. I like the main character, and if I can't relate to the main character, then put the kibosh on it. And it seems like it's basically just like, oh, here's all the, here's all like big famous books. Yeah. So it is, it is an anime fan's first foray into literature. Y'all read Catcher in the Rye? And then the girl is like, and then the girl is like, I just love the way he catches all that rye. <laughs> I know for sure I put this next one on here. Monster Hunter Stories Ride On. Yeah. By David Pro. By David Pro. So they're doing this and JoJo next season. Yes. Yeah. So this is just, uh, it, it's, if you know anything about, like, the Monster Hunter games, this is nothing like that. This is based on the new, like, colorful, cutesy JRPG spinoff. Right, which is much more story-focused. Yeah. And for children. Yeah. Uh, and, I don't know, I thought it looked cute. I haven't really looked into what the story is like, but every once in a while I can go for some, like, light fantasy adventure stuff. Yeah, it looks cute, and these kids are riding dragons. Yeah, and it's directed They're by... They're probably hunting monsters. It's directed by someone who's done a lot of, like, Bandai merchandise anime, which this basically is, so... More or less. Yeah. It's, it was, it's been huge, though, like, leading up to this. Like, Monster Hunter Stories is getting some huge publicity. I mean, Monster, Hunters is, Monster Hunter is huge it's in huge, Japan. It's huge, yeah, so it's that makes like, sense. It's, like, basically all Capcom makes anymore because it rakes in the big books. It's one of the few things I can think of recently where it's, like, a kid's show with, like, celebrity guests doing voices for it. Uh, there is a game, like, the a game for it is coming out on 3DS, and it's getting mm-hmm. exclusive Amiibo, which is, like, really rare for a non-Nintendo wow. product. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a big thing. And, you know, Monster Hunter Stories, it looks cute. I like the character designs. Yeah, me too. I like the way the dragons look a lot. So I'll wait to see how it goes. I hope David Pro can handle it. Yeah, me too. Having two shows. I hope they can find a good OP for this one. Maybe they have to funnel all the good OPs to this show, and that's why Diamond is Unbreakable has been getting all the bad ones. <laughs> Damn. Well, maybe they'll get a good one next time. I hope so. Maybe they'll license out some. I think it's already out. Like we are, it's already known what it is. But I haven't oh right, they it got they got um they got like an artist on there and also a professional jazz singer, and that's all they've announced about it, which could be cool. That's that, that that immediately catches my eye the same way Jeff Goldblum being in the new Thor catches my eye. Like you know <laughs> what? Yeah, did you not know about that? It's gonna be great. I didn't know about. That. Oh, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna watch it. Oh, I like this next show, which I'm not gonna watch, but you might. Nazatokine, uh, there's just nothing about it. So based on the like the tiny ass premise of it's got puzzles in it, like <laughs> fl- like Layton. I'm like sure. I don't know, it's, there's this young girl, and she's got a friend who's a rabbit in a hat, and that they solve good. puzzles like Leighton. And you know what? If I ever hear anything about it, or see a PV about it, maybe I'll check it out. But the, none of that exists. You know so. what I just noticed? What? The main character has the, the, the breast support ribbon from Dungeon PUA Adventures. I mean, I think that's because she's dressed like she's supposed to be in magic. I don't think that's actually a ribbon that connects from her... uh from her chest to her arms. Okay, well, it's the same weird idea. Yeah, it's a little weird. But yeah, like, the, the only PV they have is just, like, here's character designs, and that's it. So, I I don't know. I don't know. It's an original thing. Mm. Uh, I might check it out. Alright. I don't even know if anyone pick it up. It's by a studio I don't recognize named Tengo Kobo. I've never heard of that either. Yep, so who knows. This next one, I think, is you. Okay, this next one is definitely me. Uh, this is Cheating Craft. It's being uh, it's being produced by Studio Blade, 
and this is part of that same uh, initiative by me to start watching more action shows. Uh, but I uh-huh. had to, I have, I dropped it because, uh, speaking of initiatives, we decided to cut, to put down a max number of shows we're going to watch every season because last season yep. it got too much. You're sitting on a hot 10 and I'm sitting on a hot 11. That's right. Uh, so this one unfortunately got cut out, uh, because, it seems a little too gimmicky for me because basically it's a. Tell me about it. If you remember Mikagura's School Suite, yep. It uh, it has a similar element to it. It's very the connection's very vague, but it's about children fighting for positions within a school, and it seems like they largely do that using school supplies. Like there's one guy who fights with the rulers. There's another guy who fights. Okay, with... that kind of sounds like it's cool. Yeah, but you know what I mean when I say it's too gimmicky. Like, it yeah. feels like it's intentionally going for a gag, and that doesn't really... I don't really like that sort of thing. Okay, that's uh, And then it's cheating. It's called Cheating Craft, because, you know, they're working with arts and craft supplies, and it's about characters who can only, like, get to these higher positions within the school by cheating. And, like, I... At first, I was like, maybe I'll watch this, and then I thought, I don't know, this seems a little too gag-y for me. Like, too much okay. of a gag premise. But it still, it still looks pretty good. Um... This direct this director's works list is not giving me inspiration though. Uh, well, it, it is for me because it's it's uh, Motonoga Keitaru uh, who has directed among other things Get Backers, German Gand, and School Days, which are all things mm-hmm. that I almost like. Oh, okay. so maybe so it, it makes sense that this is here. I knew you here. didn't like some of these things, uh, but th- so it makes sense that this is here because I am almost interested in this show. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Sure. Speaking of almost interested. Almost interested. Gaku and Handsome the Animation. Mm-hmm. So I put this on because I think initially it was like, ah, Gaku and Handsome, that's the funny boys love parody thing where a guy stabs someone with their chin. And yeah, that's still what, what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at some point I was really excited about it. And just more, it's like, there is, there's maybe a level of parody to it that, uh, at my ripe tender age of X amount of years old, um, I, I maybe that that's kind of died off on me a little. Yeah. But if someone picks it up, I'll still like give it a cursory glance to see if the any of the humor holds. Because I haven't been able to see much of it because the game never came to English, and neither did that OVA they did. No. Which maybe they never did. That may have never come out. Regardless, uh, it's it's something that's still like was relevant to me at some point uh-huh. in my super hyper Irono days. So maybe. But maybe not. Maybe. I do know that at a time at a time you were very excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Things change. I don't know. Yeah. And that's the way it is. Life happens sometimes. So next up we have Sengoku Wildlife Caricatures. Which is like this weird short... There's basically no information out there in English for this. But it looks like it's going to be some kind of weird short series that's drawn in like the old um, Japanese ink painting style on scrolls. Mm -hmm. And it's about about animals wearing silly hats and doing goofy things. And just like the Japanese myth. Yeah. Uh, And that sounds like it could be fun. But like I said, just because there's no info out on it, I can't really make a can't really make a call on this one. Yeah, who knows if it's even going to come out. Yeah, exactly. Probably not. So I put this on here. Yes. Uh, Babuki Baranki Season 2. And Babuki Baranki is by that other 3D CG studio, uh, Sansigan. And I hear, I hear tell that Babuki Baranki 
is actually pretty good once you get past sort of the the less than kind C- 3D CG. Yeah. And I, I've I've considered at points because I do like the character designs still mm-hmm. of some of these kids uh and like weapon designs and everything of checking it out. So maybe if, you know, if things don't go well with the other shows I'm watching, this will be something I pick up on with it. All right. It's about kids with like super weapons. I don't know. That... They fight god. It's 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 very Japanese. That's almost the premise. <laughs> I bet there's more to yeah, it. Yeah, maybe. Next up. This was also you also put this on here. It's the new Was Digimon. it just me? I think Was it just yes. me? Digimon Universe Apple Monsters. Uh, Apple Monsters it's applications. Okay. Digimon is back. It wasn't that long ago. But in your smartphones. Oh. Kids these days. God, man, what are they going to do next? <laughs> Watches? Are they going to wear those? <laughs> Weird. But Toei, Toei's handling a new No, wait, Digimon. that was already... They had watches in the first one. I'm sorry, they can't do that yep. again. What's the, what's the thing they're doing now? They're making pens? Like the Apple Pen? IPhone Is that 7. where the Digimons are going to come out? <laughs> they're specifically on iPhone 7s. Okay, exclusive. They're like, oh no, I can't headphone jack into the <laughs> database. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, oh no, I need three extenders. They're going to try okay, to go so- into the Digimon world on their iPhones, like 5 or whatever, and they can't because the app won't update anymore. And also, there's a law against millennials. And also, they're playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> and also, they're taking selfies. <laughs> God. Anyways. Uh, and they're listening to 21 Pilots. <laughs> this is a new Digimon. I don't know. I feel like one day I should experience any Digimon. That That's one of those things that I never got into, because, like, I'm watching Pokemon. Why would I watch Digimon? It's pretty good sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. The, the main character looks... Disgustingly like the character from Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc 5? Right? They look exactly the same. Like, the only thing different is he doesn't have two-tone hair. Yeah, but he might as well because his shirt is the red that right. the, the kid from Arc 5 also has. has. So, I don't know. It might be neat to check out a new Digimon. I hear people like it. I've never tried it. I don't know. Maybe this is the time to do it. Because, I mean, it's also an issue of, like, this is so divorced... From what I understand to be, like, the main Digimon, like, loop, or, like, timeline, mm-hmm. where all the characters are related, and I can just enjoy this, because it's the future. Yeah, I haven't kept up with Digimon for so long that it just always looks weird to me, you mm-hmm. know? They're running out of ideas. Yeah, I mean... Can you believe it? This Digimon's just six eggs. Ugh. <laughs> Show by Rock. Season 2. I realized, watching the shorts, that I don't actually like Show by Rock that much. Okay. The first season was like flash in the pan, and I looking back, I was like, yeah, it was okay. I'll wait for someone else to tell me if this is any good for me to watch any more of it. All right. This next one, I think I put this on here. Uh, yeah, you did this. Magic Cune Renaissance, Explain which is just some kind of like idol, not idol, but like um, that weird performance group subsection of idol anime. I put this on uh-huh. there just because the Nozaki Kun director is directing this. Okay. Uh, and I mean, Nozaki Kun is so good. So maybe he'll make something good out of this. This one specifically is like, they all of the boys are good at a particular type of art, and it it manifests in magic. Yeah, it's like that saying: any high form of art is indistinguishable from magic. Who, That's what did, they said. Were you the one that said that? No. Okay. Wait, maybe, <laughs> maybe it was just me. <laughs> well, you know what Michael Scott said: uh, you miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky. Right. 
Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> so next up is Young Kitaro and his Yokai Picture Diary. I love Yokai. There you go, pretty cool. Except for when it's the game with the watch in it. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. That's just okay. Yeah, it's alright, but... This is done by popular shorts studio creators and pack. Yep. Also known for the things the director did, like Oz Mafia, Noji-Sanda Marshmallow, and uh, that trigger thing. What? Which trigger short? Um, The most recent one. The one where they're in their phones. Oh. I don't know. You know which one I'm talking about. I know which one you're talking about, but I don't know what it was called, even though I watched it. Regardless, Creators and Pack. Uh, is doing this thing, and it seems like it's a it's it's a it's a comedy short yokai series. I don't know, like Natsune has really opened up my my comfortability with like things about Japanese mythology more. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll check this out. Okay, I think I'd more quickly go back to something like Mushishi. But if you know, I'm looking for something from this season. This looks all right. You might yokai watch this. Yes. Okay. Then. There's a Cultic Nine. Is this the A1. is this the Steins Gate spinoff? Yes. Okay. You can tell because of the semicolon. Right, but I know something else does that as well. Well, there's Chaos Head, which is Steins Gate. There's Chaos Child, which is Steins. Is Chaos Head's Child Steins Gate? Yes. That's weird because it looks so bad. There's Steins Gate, which is Steins Gate. I figured. And I think there's now a Cultic Nine, which is Steins okay. Gate. Okay. There might be because of others. A Cultic Nine. I don't know, I like the style it's going for, and I think overall that sort of world is neat. Like, just taking sort of the, like, high sci-fi sort of thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's one particular thing about Cultic Nine that's really, like, turning me off of the whole thing, and that's that the main female character is so booby-heavy. Oh. Like, all the shots of her in the PV are of her jiggling and jaggling all around. That seems like something Steins Gate would do. Yeah, that's, and I feel like Steins Gate was a little more minimal on that. In particular, just that particular one of it. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why it, you know, hit better. But like, Occultic Nine looks nice besides that, but, mm, but that. Okay. Mm, yeah. It, it, it just, every shot she's in is distracting because of it. Okay. Like, especially in this PV. But maybe. All right. That's a, it's a far maybe, but it's a maybe. Next up, we got uh, Magic Stella, uh, which is about a girl joining a game development doujin group within doujin group within high school, uh, which is a pretty basic premise. But I put this on here uh, once again. Uh, are we still doing the maybes? Yes, we are. Yeah, I put this on here purely based on the uh, credentials of the director, who also directed Tanaka Kun and Nanan Biori and Nanan Biori Repeat and Coco Connect, which are all very good. Yeah, because that's Silverlink. Yeah, that's Silverlink's good. Good output. Magic of Stella is... It It looks... A, th- this is the point where it looks a little too moe for me. Okay. Because the heads get whiter, and the bodies get shorter, and they almost become, like, weird cheapies. Oh, this looks too moe for you, but Long Riders doesn't? Yeah. Yes, actually. Okay. <laughs> but in Long Riders, the eyes are way bigger. Yeah. I think that's a stylistic thing. But the- I mean, this is also a stylistic thing. I don't know. There's something about Magic of Stella that rubs me the wrong way in its art style. Okay. But yeah, it's basically it's basically like New Game, which was this season, but uh, it's it's a little more independent. It's a little less like triple A sort of thing. Yeah. 
Which, who knows? Um, I don't know if that is really going to change how it is handled. I mean, it's, it's still a gag show. Like, the new game wasn't exactly accurate to the real world. It isn't, but I think it tries more, or at least makes gags around the game development part. Yeah. They spend very little time in this PV developing game. Sure. Which is maybe the difference. The pixel, uh, the pixel stuff they have looks pretty good, though. Yeah. It's a style thing. So, yeah, I, m- I might watch this if I drop a bunch of other stuff. Maybe it's the sort of thing where it's like, they, they're trying to tell me these kids are in high school, but they also look like they're grade schoolers, because of how chubby they all are. Okay. Whatever I don't know, there's mean. something about that art style, let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> let's fight with swords, like Token Ranbu. About Hanamaru. historical revisionism. Right. I was way interested in this until I found I found out that it's basically it just uh, what, what, what girls in ponds are, but no, not girls. Oh, uh, the Ponser, other one the other where thing. they're boats. Contact collection. That's the one. Yeah, but it's not like sexy in the same way that contact collection tries to be sexy. I mean, maybe if it was sexy, it would be better because then it would have like one saving grace. Goddamn! So this is done by Dogakobo. It's the that's the Nozaki Kun people, and yeah, Token Ranbu. Hanamaru is the first of two Token Ranbu animes to be coming out. And this one is looks a little more like Slice of Lifey than whatever UFOtable's gonna do. Uh-huh. But basically the story is about historical revisionism and these swords coming back as dudes with their swords to fight historical revisionism. Right, it's kinda like a conspiracy. Because th- they're yeah, literally writing out history. Yeah, I was gonna say that calling them historical revisionists isn't enough of an explanation because they're actually going back in time to change history, so they're literally, yeah, they're literally destroying revising these swords. history. It's great. Yeah. See, I love that premise, that's amazing. But then I find out that it's based on some lame garbage and then It's based on some hot movies. Yeah. Did you put this on here? I put, yes, I think so. Time Bokon 24. Brought to you by Tatsunoko. Uh, based purely on the strength of the output of the director, who has previously worked on such classics as Mob Love Alternative <laughs> and Rosario Plus Vampire. All your favorite shows. Uh, they're all there. Um, but this is another one of those Tatsunoko revision uh, or revitalization things. Oh, I didn't even know about that. Because it's, it's, it's just like the Yoderman thing. It's just like... Hmm? Oh, uh, what I was going to say is I do know that I like a lot of Tatsunoko's like goofier, like really over the top children's shows, and this looks uh-huh. like it's kind of one of those. So I'll check it out. Yeah, it looks more proper as a revitalization than maybe some of the other stuff they've done. Yeah, when are they going to re- revive Samurai Pizza Cats, man? I don't know. Maybe next it's year. It's about time. You can only dream. Thanks, Tatsunoko. Bless. Now we're 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 moving even faster in the not interest. Moving on section. to the lightning round. Yep, not interested. Our D-list. That said, I do have some things to say about some of these still. Oh, I'm sure. But we'll get to it. Uh, Ajin Season 2. Yep, it's... Uh, I didn't watch Ajin Season 1, so... It's still 2 3D for me, but I might watch it at some point just because the manga is so good, man. Damn. I'd have to go to Netflix for it, and I don't have a Netflix. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I guess... Yeah, never mind. I'm not going to watch it. Forget it. And there's Blood of Wars. There's Blood of Wars. Uh, Blood of Wars. One of, I think, at least two... Manhwa um, series coming to animation. I know it's a manhwa because it has like this really weirdly overcomplicated premise about how like oh an epidemic happened and then they had a medicine and then it turned them into vampires and then it turned them into vampires and then people hunted the vampires but some of them are still around and then one of them is a politician who is a half human half vampire <laughs> and it all sounds bad uh, and. 
<laughs> Bloodivores is a good name. Though. Yeah, that is the one thing I was gonna say. It has a good name. <laughs> and it's directed by the dude who did some of the Raka of the Six Braves. Yeah, which you love. I don't know which episode. I think one of the later ones. So probably not the <laughs> one of the ones you disliked. Yeah. Then the other manga thing is Soulbuster. Oh, is that right? Yeah, by P- uh, by Studio Piero of all things. I think it is based on a Chinese, s- at least story based on Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Oh uh, yes, I do know that. Is at least a degree separated, but it's still Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Yeah, that looks so probably be, so. It'll probably be about as good as the Samurai Warriors anime. Goddamn. I know that's not Romans of the Three Kingdoms. Don't comment telling me that. <laughs> so then we have uh, Shumatsu no Izeda, Izeda of Endings, which is a magical girl in World War II thing. The only good thing about this show is that the girls ride uh, like giant sniper ri- anti-material rifles as brooms. Yeah, anti- anti-tank rifles. Yeah. And it's directed by the person who did Tribe Cool Girl. Yeah. Um, honestly, if... If, like, you know, if someone stops me in the middle of the street and puts, like, a knife to my head and is like, hey, you need to watch one of the two World War II Magical Girl series this season, I would watch this one. There's another one? Yeah, there's there's Brave Witches. Oh, yeah. Damn. We'll yeah, I agree with that. So, so I, because I think this one, this one looks better and maybe looks a little less... Lame? Exploitative than... Strike Witches, because Strike Witches has a lot of focus on the fact that they're basically just wearing swimsuits all the time. Yeah, it's, Brave Witches is super gross. Yeah, so this one, I feel like, has a little more of an artistic angle yeah, to it. Yeah, this one also just looks more inspired. Like, riding a, an anti-material rifle as yeah, no, a room cool. is really good. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I probably still wouldn't watch it. That's not my thing. Yeah. Unlike Magical Girl Raising Project especially not my yeah, thing. Yeah, me neither. Uh, by, by Lurch, and it is... It is a Battle Royale series, but they're all tiny, tiny girls. Whoa, did you accidentally skip to the next one? Because that's true no. of the next one also. Yeah, but that one has, like... That one has, like, a series behind yeah. it. Yeah. Magical Girl Raising Project. All the designs look so... Booby. It still sounds like you're talking about the next show, too. They, they, look, I get it, but Magical Racing Project is weird because they all, I think, are supposed to be, like, 13, but all of them also wear, like, really revealing outfits, and it's weird. But basically, the premise is that there are too many magical girls, they have to kill each other. Oh, Anyways. slow down, Genorobuchi. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, next up, we have Vivid Strike, which is the new l- lyrical girl Nanaha thing. Yeah. Okay. Sure I is. wasn't sure. I guess because it has like the, it has a lot of really awful character designs, and one of them has green and red eyes. And also, the last Nanoha was vivid. Oh, so. I didn't know that. I just knew because all the character designs are bad, and one of the girls had the two eye colors. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the only one that's ever done it. Uh, it's definitely something that I know is a calling card of this. Okay. But Lyrical Girl Nanaha always strikes me as, like, the least interesting of battle series could ever be. This is okay. Because the only one the only one I, I've ever really seen any of is the one where it's straight up just they're at a tournament fighting each other. And it was bad. Alright. Like, you think if all you have is just these kids are going to fight each other, 
you'd give them cool fighting styles and have them you'd make good fight and make them do the good fights but they didn't it was really bad fucked up that the director of glass lips gonna do something bad <laughs> i can't believe it oh man actually quick aside about magical girl raising project uh-huh. uh looking into this i also learned about something called magical girl sight which the main thing is that the the uh the magical weapon that the main character has is literally a gun wow like literally shoots just like in the new death cool. note Oh, fuck. <laughs> Uda no Prince-sama, Maji Love Legend Stars, the new Udapri series by A1. Okay. But apparently not directed by the guy who did the other Udapris. I don't know how Udapri, every year, keeps finding new ways of like, oh, the girl couldn't decide which boy she wanted to date, so they just moved up a year anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like they should have graduated twice by now. And maybe they just keep getting pulled back a year. Like, when they find out that all these kids are doing is, like, lusting for each other, and their all right. grades but are I, bad. And I think it's one of those things where, because it's not a series with, like, an, a proper ending to it, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things where, like, oh, we don't want anyone to feel left out, so we're just not going to choose. So has it been the same characters the whole time? They, I think they added a character okay. at some point. But, and they've added rival groups, but for the most part, it's basically just been the same all right. Speaking of basically just the same, Iron Blooded Orphans Mobile Suit Gundam season the two. new one. I hope that an animation as good as the uh, the the kid running through the cornfield is going to be in this one. Yeah, I hope that kid is alive still because that was good. <laughs> yeah, so this is just more Iron Blooded Orphans. If you liked that, you'll like this. That's not a guarantee. Probably, maybe. I mean, as far as I understand, it's literally all the same staff, so I can't imagine the story getting too different. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, my My Gundam has a sword and a gun. <laughs> no. It's not called Swordman. <laughs> and then Idle Memories. It's an idle thing. Yeah. It's an idle thing. That's it's about it. That, yep. I think that's it. I don't even think there's, like, a twist to it. They're idols, but also they're extremely attractive. What? Man, I prefer all the shows about the idols that are way ugly. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And then there's Kaido Joker Season 4. That's more Kaido Joker. It's okay. I watched one episode of it at one point, and I had fun, but it's not really my okay. thing. Isn't it like a spinoff of uh, Conan? I, I don't think so. If it is, that would be, be really weird. author, at least. Th- that could be. Then we have uh, the second season of H12, A Little Heart Pounding. This show is so ugly. This doesn't look good. And I, as from uh, the bonus episode we did a couple seasons ago, mm-hmm. I learned that it, it's a lot about learning uh, how to deal with puberty. So it's for children, like young girls who go through okay, that. Okay, that's all right then. Then I'm okay. But I'm also, okay. It's, apparently it's boring oh, shit. Oh, okay. I mean, that still puts it up higher than what I had originally thought it would be. Yeah, for sure. It's nice. All right, this next one's really it's, important. Oh, you weren't done. Uh, Ping Pong Girl. No, let's let's talk about the important. Okay, thing. The, ping pong this girl. show's really important. Ping Pong Girl. I don't know. It's just about it's just about girls doing ping pong, and I don't know why you would it's, ever. It's about middle school girls playing ping pong. I don't know why you would ever make a ping pong show anymore after the really good one came out, and you're never gonna make a better ping pong show than that. Uh-huh. But goddamn, if Yasuhiro Irie, director of the entirety of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, <laughs> storyboard artist on Cowboy Bebop the movie, and also director on Cairo Phantom Memory, isn't gonna try. 
he pissed someone off yeah. at Kenema Citrus. Or maybe this and... is like his dream project. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe he was doing all the all these like prestige things just to be like. But then I want to do ping pong. Yeah. Girl. Who knows? Who knows? I don't. But yeah, I don't understand how you can go from like one of the greatest shonen anime of all time to ping pong girl. It it does seem weird, but I guess that's the thing about directors is sometimes they don't get to choose, but usually it's within a genre or a studio. It's weird. Yeah, but you, you'd think that this guy would get to choose. Like, this is a pretty good track record, but mm-hmm. hey, it's a, cutthroat, it's a cutthroat business. Then there's Nobunaga no Shinobi, yep. which as far as I understand is about a little tiny ninja warrior who kills Nobunaga. Uh, it's... Or works for Nobunaga. If it has a better, if it has a different premise than that, it's probably not as good. So, <laughs> anyways, it's a children's show. Yeah, it probably won't come over. Then we have Matoy the Sacred Slayer. Is this a new Slayer thing? I don't. Slayers. I don't think it's related I mean, to Slayer. Sorry. I don't think it's related okay. to Slayers. This is, I thought this was a second season of something. Oh, there could be. I don't think so. It's a magical girl thing that I'm not interested in. Check quick though yep oh my god the, the description on it is so long i'm not gonna read all of this uh, it, it is 2016 uh, yeah uh, she's a shrine she's a shrine maiden and she becomes a magical girl and hangs out with some magical girls Man, just like oh my god did you hear that the author of uh of girl meets bear was in on the anime ending like oh, he had that. okayed it oh uh, what yeah right so i was right How... they were in cahoots how dare they i know I can't believe this collusion. Ugh. Oh, something that's not on here that we should say. Um, oh, what was that series? Um, the Regalia, the Sacred Seven Stars, or whatever. Do we have to mention this? Because that's basically just continuing from last season. It's not. It's completely starting oh, over. Oh, okay. Actus has decided they're just going to straight up, like, go back, touch up the first four episodes, and then also continue on. Okay. So Regalia, the Three Sacred Stars, is a completely... Basically, completely new. They're going to update stuff, and they're going to actually finish it this time. All right. I'm not watching yeah, it. Yeah, me neither. I hear but it's I thought okay. we should bring it up. Yeah. I hear the, that the 2D mech stuff is good, which is good, because 2D mech stuff. I'm, in, I'm into it. Next up, Nanbaka by Satellite. I'm not into that. I, they got huge feet. They do have and huge I don't like feet. The art, it's so And weird. I don't like the art style. Yeah. There's something about the art style that makes it look too overproduced, but also the like the the character designs are like a little too, like, unfinished, it seems. It reminds me of prison school. Visually, at least. Like, okay. Because it, it, so, like, first of all, the colors are just, like, blinding. Yeah, it's very loud visually. Yeah, it's very loud visually, and I don't know, there, there's more about it. It's just, it just doesn't, it does it turned me off a lot, just by how it looks. This was the very first thing that Crunchyroll announced they got this season, right? Yeah, because they have the manga oh, as well. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's got, like, some guy who looks like a stereotypical Nazi. Wow. And the entire PV, like, I think its main joke is that it keeps censoring everything. Okay. Because there are a lot of beeps and boops over words. It's about people in prison who still try to have a good time. Yep. And also escape. Yeah, I guess. That's part of it. If you're going to have a good time in prison, I think that's one of the... I think that's Next mandatory. up, season two of Bishoujo Yugi Unit Crane Game Galaxy. This is the really bad 3D one. Yeah, it's the one that a lot of people disliked because apparently the original 
also had 15 minutes of the voice actors, like, playing crane games and having fun outside, and they just cut that from the Crunchyroll song. Oh, cast. what? Yeah, right? That sucks. Messed up. Then we also have season two of Mungo Stray Dogs. We didn't like it. Yeah. So we're not going to watch it. I'm not into it. I I still like hearing all these, like, American authors getting picked up. It's like, oh, it's crazy because this, it's just, you know, fucking Mark Twain or whatever as a as like a villainous magical dude yeah and i don't know i still like the premise of bungo stray dogs and the execution was not for me. execute yeah it was not great then we have drifters Oof. oh drifters drifters is a manga is based on a manga by Ko, uh kota kota hirano who is also the author of helsing one of the worst manga <laughs> yes. of all time <laughs> it's the best, actually. No, it's not one of the worst manga of all time, but it is very bad, and it basically just rode off the coattails of Trigun into popularity. And Drifters is even worse, uh, but this looks great, and I hate that it does. It looks really good, um, visually. Yeah. Uh, as far as I can tell, it looks like they basically have their own studio to build Yeah, it. it's called Hood's Drifters Studio, so I'm pretty sure the studio was put together just for this. And it's uh it's being directed by the person who did uh a lot of JoJo. Yeah, but not actually. the good part. And also Helsing Ultimate. Yeah, well he was episode director on Helsing Ultimate. And so okay, so Drifters is like historical fan fiction, basically. I guess. It's just here's a bunch of people from history fighting each other. Which you know that's dumb enough to be interesting. Why couldn't the new Berserk look this good? Like I don't know what what is the Helsing author does that makes him it so that his bad series keep getting these <laughs> great looking adaptations? I mean, yeah, that's weird because you'd think Berserk with the prestige it's had, but I guess also it hasn't had an anime in forever. But neither yeah. is Helsing, so I don't know where they're getting that. I don't know. It's well, weird. I think I think it's different because Berserk was licensed out, and I think this might have been a homegrown product uh, project. It might be, yeah. Like the guy, like the dude behind Helsing is just like, I've got a lot of money. I don't even know that he does, but man, he he knows how to get <laughs> he stuff it made. Himself. People who people who really like Helsing don't even like Drifters. Um, That's so, oh man, yeah. Man. Well, not not everybody, of course, but there's a lot of people I know that think yeah. Helsing is good that think Drifters is bad. Okay. I mean, Drifters, I mean, like, just the idea of a bunch of people from history just fighting for no reason sounds fun. Season 3 of Amero Coco. <laughs> it's still Amero Coco. It's still a short show. I think it would be better as a whole show. But, I mean, hey, it's alright. That dog's still really cute. They've used the same picture for the last that, three seasons. That they have, yes. And there's more card by Vanguard G. Yep. And then there's the I've Had Enough of Being a Magical Girl one, where she does magical girl stuff in her underwear. Yep. And then there's Kiss Him, Not Me, which uh, at some point sounded, you know, funny enough, and then I read more into it, and it was kind of gross. Oh, okay. Well, what's the basic premise of this again? The basic idea is that there's this girl who suddenly becomes very attractive mm. uh, through, like, uh, exercise and losing weight, and a whole bunch of boys uh, want to uh, fall in love with her. But she's really into Yaoi, so she just wants them to kiss each other, and so she's uh, oh, distraught. Right. Uh, that's kind of funny, but I don't know if that's funny There's kind of a joke a to show. it, but then also a lot of it is like, oh, there's an arc where she gets fat again, and they can't decide if they love her anymore. Oh. And stuff like that. And just, mm, mm. Weird that the director of this also directed things like uh, Bubblegum Crash and Gunslinger Girl. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like a weird switch. I just realized there's a thing that's not on here, and I only realized mm -hmm. this because the premise of it upsets me a little bit. Uh -huh. uh, it's to be hero. 
which is like this parody comedy superhero show about a guy who designs toilet sheets and then one day he or toilet seats sorry and one day he gets sucked into one and he becomes a superhero and he gets tasked with saving the world except that he now he's fat because you know one punch man he gets bald and in this he gets fat that's the joke and I think he's also bald. <laughs> All right, hot, hot up. And, I'm looking at two B here. Okay. Hot up and coming parody writers. Here's a tip that I really wanted to take to heart. You can't parody comedy. It just doesn't work because it's already funny, especially if it's good comedy. You can't do it because you're just going to be stealing the same jokes. If you ever watch scary movie, it just steals a lot of the jokes from Scream. And then there's the was up part in there, which is not funny. And there's a guy, there's a part where he hides behind a curtain. That's a pretty good joke. Uh, the, I, I don't know how those guys keep making money off of their parody movies. One of them is in the new Lethal Weapon reboot. What? Uh, and he is like, he plays the I'm too old for this shit. Like the Waynes Brothers, oh. one of them is Danny Glover's oh. I'm too old for this shit. But he looks like he's 20, even though he's older <laughs> now than Danny Glover was when he was in Lethal Weapon. Oh my god. Yeah. But... Unlike Lethal Weapon, this doesn't look like it's going to be good. Speaking of not good. Oh my god. It's time for the thing. We get, we really got to stop doing that. Like, speaking of not good is not funny anymore. <laughs> I say that after having done it like four times this episode. It's time for the poo-poo garden. Uh, there's at least one thing in here that looks good, but it still belongs here. Looks good visually. Yeah. It's not My Wife is the Student Council President season No, that two. is not it. Bad yes. and gross, and the first episode starts with the lady being like, "If you vote for me for student council president, I promote pre-love." And then she throws condoms into the crowd, <laughs> which I mean, that's cool. That's kind of funny. But but then there's the rest of it, which is all boobies. Yeah. Then we have brave witches, Oops, which is like boobies. strike witches, which is a lot of it's a lot of crotch shots. It's also the other World War Two magical girl thing. At least it looks like this one. They're not in their uh, like swimsuits. Yeah, it looks like they might be wearing at least shorts. Yeah, and they have ears, I think. I don't think it's like that in... Oh yeah, why do they have cat ears? I don't know. And also other animal ears. That's weird. I mean, that's just the way it was back then in World War II. Google. Strike witches, brave witches, timeline. <laughs> so this is a sequel. Okay. That's that's about it as, as far as I can figure okay. out. Anyway, I guess they're not brave anymore. They lost all their... Uh... They stopped striking. Now they're just. Brave. Oh right, it's the other way around. I'm sorry, they got brave. Yep. Yes. Okay. Then we have Anatory XX sequel to Anatory EX, which is uh, watch these cute anime girls uh, do workouts and also be a little sexy. Yeah. Which I mean, if it inspires someone to work out, good for him. But I don't think that's the. No, it's audience. it's really bad uh, because the first episode, it's like okay, here we work out, and then afterwards, there's a gag where she goes to eat cake. And it's like any dietitian worth their salt will tell you that, like, no matter how you end up going about, like, trying to exercise, the one thing you should never do is eat fatty food after exercising. Right. So that is like, like, how do you mess that up in the first episode? It's messed <laughs> how up. do you get that so wrong? And then we have maybe one of the better looking things this, this season. Is, I, based on just the PVs, I think this is the best looking show this season. And that upsets me a lot. And it's Keijo! Keijo! With like eight exclamation points. This is a show about this uh, rare Japanese sport where two women, I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be women, but usually it is, standing on this tiny circular platform inside a pool and then they try to hit each this other. This looks like a, this is like a bigger circular platform. Like it looks like it, it's a, uh, 
It looks like it's a tournament level of this game. Yeah, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to uh, boop each other off of it with their butts. But they can only use their butts or their breasts. Yes, and I guess they're on a bigger platform because they bust out some hot anime moves based on the PvP. Yeah, and also there are like four people fighting at once. Yeah, and I hate how amazing this show looks. It looks really good, and the thing about the first PV was that it it's skirting that line where maybe it knows how much of a joke it's telling, even though it's not subverting it at all. Because mm-hmm. the first PV was like the very dramatic sort of like Hollywood sort of thing. It was in all in English, and it's sort of like this inner world, you know, these bodacious yeah. bursts fight kind of thing, like. There's a there's a humor to that that is almost charming until you realize that they're still going to play it straight regardless. I mean, they have to. Uh, I think doing this as a parody wouldn't be funny because it's already a joke sort of on its own. Yeah. So you have to, like, make a campy, I guess. Yeah. It's still bad. Yeah. I don't know. Keijo is maybe the most explicit fan service thing maybe this whole year. I wish I had it in me to watch this, because it does look like it is going to be a tour de force of good animation. It's going to be animated really yeah. well. But I think even like beyond the fact that I'm a huge prude, uh, it it's probably actually going to be really boring outside of the action scenes. Yeah. So, pass. Because who comes for the characters in this? And someone's going to come. Someone's going to come. Someone's going to come, all right? Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I would cut that out. So that's all the shows. Uh, we're watching quite a bit, and a lot of it is crossover, which is nice. Yeah, that means we're going to have a lot to talk about, so we look forward to yeah. the next mid-season and... review. It's going to be four hours. Yep, and it's going to be lots of discussion. I think that's the best thing, though, is that being able to discuss things it is. Yes. rather than just tell. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I have different opinions than you. Weird. Yeah, fucked up, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but, uh, you know, sometimes you're wrong. That's the way it is. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Look, it, everyone's entitled to their own opinions. Just sometimes one of us is wrong. Yeah. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's you. Yeah. So let's let's take a quick look at the most anticipated series this fall from Japan. Oh, right. And let's see how it how it adds up. So uh, c- cumulatively, we're the top ten. We have High Q season three. All right. We have Natsume Yujinsho Go. Okay. We have Sound Euphonium 2. Sure. We have Bungo Stray Dogs Season 2. That's weird. I thought the first season of that did really poorly. I don't know. I feel like I didn't hear much about yeah. it at all. I think so there, there was definitely know. one show at one point that did like impressively poorly for how high profile it was. Wasn't that this? Mm. Maybe? I'm not sure. Oh well. We'll look into it. Udapri, no, uh, Udapri. Okay. Is there? March comes in like a lion. Mm-hmm. Iron-blooded orphans. Ajin. Okay. Token Ranbu. And the Great Passage. So we're sitting at a good four of ten that match up. That's a pretty good list. This is very savory. Yeah. What's weird is none of the ones then match up until like number 18 where we get to TQ and, uh, Paco Zudon. Okay. World. It's a lot of stuff like Show by Rock, Kiss Him Not Me, like, things that are adaptations. Yeah, yeah. Drifters makes it into a hot number 12. Um, but yeah, so it's, it, it seems like it's a lot of, it's a lot more adaptation stuff that they're, the, those audiences would be more familiar with. Right. Yeah. And Natsume Yujinsho Go, high on the men's series too, which is pretty cool. There was also, um, a poll I ended up dropping from the discussion that was like, 
shoujo series that men would recommend to others. Okay. As sort of like a thing. And that, that shows up there as well, as well as in other things like Fruits Basket, sort of your, your more typical, like, not genre breaking, but sort of the, the more, um, the more encompassing is in terms of like what their audience is. Yeah. Those that aren't so like specifically into a particular form of, you know, whatever that men and women can enjoy together. Mm-hmm. Like My Love Story, Chihaya Furu, Your Honey and Clovers, that kind of thing. Nonozaki-kun? Um, no, no, Nozaki-kun doesn't end up on this list. And I wonder if that's... Hmm. I don't know why that might be. Because it does seem like that's the sort of comedy thing that dudes would be into. I don't know. That seemed like a weird missing thing from this yeah, list. But, oh well. Also, I think it's funny that, uh... The, like, uh, the predominant group of them said, like, oh, yeah, I'll just read a shoujo series if the main character is attractive. Oh, hey. Like, sometimes it's that simple. That's kind of strange, because I think a lot of shoujo series is, like, uh, isn't really the female characters aren't drawn in a way that is, like, female characters that are are drawn to be attractive to men usually are. Mm-hmm. They they're they're always like have this like weird like overly cheery nature to them and like the really large eyes. I guess so, but I think but they're not saying that the characters seem cool. It's just the the particular art style, right? Which uh, to some degree I kind of get because it's all it is very much a beautiful art style. If you look at traditional shoujo, like a like a beauty pop or a you know or an oron or things like that, the idea is to make them sort of these attractive girls to give you the idea that, you know, everyone's going to be going after them. Right. Fruits Basket a little less on that side, but I think Fruits Basket also has a lot more going for it. Um, I mean, if you say so. I, I, I hear it's supposed to be funny. I don't know anything about Fruits Basket. Okay. Look, I'm just going to admit on this show that I just haven't watched any of the seminal <laughs> series. It's finally going to come out. Turns out you've just been bluffing this whole time. You haven't been watching anything. Yep. Oh, and also we're watching JoJo's still. Oh, yeah, I guess. That's still happening. We're getting into the good stuff. The better stuff. Yeah. And now, before we go, we've got some fan mail. Oh, do we? Yes. Cool. And as always, you can send in fan mail to us at TorpsawaySA. That's C-H-O-R-P-S-A-W-A-Y-S-A at gmail.com. I thought you were going to say, as always, is my QB. No. QB actually doesn't have one this Oh, time. what? This first one comes from friend of the show, Onward. Okay. Hello. What makes fan service and anime tolerable? And is there a way to have it without feeling gross and unnecessary? Thank you for the question. Um, I mean, there's totally a way to make fan service tolerable. Yeah, totally. Because fan service, I think, in a lot of ways just goes to, like, nudity or, like, risque stuff. Mm-hmm. And... It's not like artistic nudity is something that is completely devoid in anime. Right. Definitely, you don't see as much of it. But it's not like that's something that's just been completely undefined. No, but I also think that artistic nudity and fan service is not the same thing. Yeah, so I guess if we're just excluding fan service, which is like the kind of like, you know, the, the panty shot or something like that. Uh-huh. How to, how to make that tolerable. Because there's definitely a way to do it without feeling gross or unnecessary. Well... To do it without feeling gross. I think you. I think there's way to do, ways to do it. Uh, I think it's harder to do unnecessary 
easier to do not gross. Yeah. Because uh, I think incidental maybe makes it the most tolerable. Yeah, it just has to feel like it belongs there, I guess. Like, you shouldn't just kind of to- toss it in there in a way that the plot doesn't lead up to. Like, you know, that's why, like, pool or beach episodes are so good, is because make sen- it makes sense for people to be scantily clad there. And you don't have to do, like, weird stuff about it. Like, I think the thing that really makes it kind of gross and intolerable is the way that, like, if a if a girl trips and the do and you see the girl's panties, right, and it's never brought up, it's unnecessary, but you move on. Yeah. There's nothing necessarily weird about it. It's when they do, like, the, oh, the main character sees it and does, like, the zoom in and out on it, like, whoa! And they freak out. Like, that's where it starts to get kind of intolerable. I think I think it's, I think it's the other way around that they should do really? it. Yeah, I think it should it should fit in the plot in whatever way it can. Like if it's just us seeing it for no reason, then they shouldn't do it. See, I feel like when the main character just goes like, "Oh shit, I saw panties" or whatever, it's it's a little more intolerable because they're putting so much focus. Yeah, on Yeah, I guess uh, that like if you're gonna do that, that that particular joke has to be handled really well. I think, the, uh, at the very least, the way to make it not gross is really easy. Uh, just don't put the characters that are being put out as fan servers in a compromising position. That's all you have to do. Yeah, I think that's the thing, too, is, like, if they're just, if incidental, incidental fan service, I think, is a lot more forgivable than something where it's, like, very clearly, like, they're trying to make it look like it's kind of sexual. Yeah. Like, the falling over thing, if a dude ends up on top of them and, like, holding their boobies, that's where it gets... Mm, that's bad. Yeah. Like, I say that, like, putting a lot of focus on it uh, is is kind of bad, but Punchline goes against that, and that was something I enjoyed. But they do it so much that it ends up, like, turning over to be a joke that it keeps happening. So, I don't know. I guess it's, it, it, is, it is context sensitive. You know what is good fan service... Tell me about Keiju. it. That is the way you should do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm being 100% honest the right now. The entire plot is just, is 100% like, you know this is going to be You know service. this is going to be fan service. The These characters choose to be in this position. Well, sorry. They're empowered in their being, in their being sexy, just like in Kill a Kill. Uh, and that's how you know feminism <laughs> is over. <laughs> I mean, no, wait, I meant shit. I mean, I mean, inequality, gender inequality is over. I like how half of that was a serious answer. Yeah. I mean, but I stand by it. The, the point is that uh, it, it's not... You don't feel like a weird spectator in Keijo because this is just the way this is. Like, this is not... They don't They don't act embarrassed about it. They know it's a thing they have they to do. They know it's, a, it's the thing they do, and it's it's just perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's not. I wouldn't call it perfectly normal. It's a weird sport. It's a sport I don't think that actually exists in it real does. life. It does. I mean, it's, I wouldn't, it's not a sport, but people do do it. Okay. Um, they don't do it for high-stakes gambling no. money like they do in Keijo. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they do, but not that I'm aware of. So fan service is a weird thing. It's it's going to be very case-by-case. Yes. I think there are ways to handle it That's that in some shows totally work and some shows just don't. So it's going to be... It's going to depend. Yeah. But yeah, there are totally ways to do it. I guess, I guess just the two things that you gotta avoid if you're gonna make good fan service. Don't overcom- don't compromise the character that it happens to. But also don't make them too active of a player in it, because that makes you as the writer look weird. 
Like, don't, don't make mm-hmm. a character, like, pop open their bra in the middle of the street because they're an empowered woman and sexism is over, because that's weird. <laughs> well, he... I don't think that's one of those things anime tends to do. I know, but it, ha- it happens. But also don't you do it. You ever seen Icon? No. Okay. You want to tell me no, about me it? No, me neither. It's just, like, all the characters okay. have very... Oh, okay. All the characters have very large breasts in it, and they're very proud of them. Uh, and, and that crosses into, like, the weird territory. And I know that kind of goes against what I said earlier. Um... It, that's the thing is it's it's so dependent on how it's handled yeah. and it's so dependent on context and kind of how it's treated that sometimes things that we're going to say are like bad are totally okay or at least acceptable. Okay maybe isn't the right word. I don't know about that. I don't think fan service is ever okay, okay if a character is compromised for it. Well, what I'm saying is that that particular one, but we keep saying like, Here's a thing that I think is bad. Oh, wait, but there's a show that does it well, so... I, yeah, I guess. So, I don't know. But please don't do it. We could we could just do it with less fan service. Yes. Um, if you're gonna do it, go whole hog, and don't try to make a respectable... Sh- or don't pretend to build a respectable show around it, because it's so transparent. Every time. And then we have one more question. Which is maybe a little uh, a little more general. Okay. From Lee. Uh, how do I tell the good anime apart from the bad anime? And do I even bother to try? Uh, it's really easy, actually. Yes. Uh, is there... Well, okay, so do you bother to try? Yes. I, th- I think that it's worth giving any show a shot that catches your interest. Okay. So ta- you have an answer for the first part. Uh, if there's a sword on the front... And the main color is red. That means it's good. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's the one thing that you can tell. That good is for. the single criteria. All other shows are not good because they don't they <laughs> don't approach it. They don't approach the artistic medium in the right way. <laughs> Jordan, but we're, we're trying to answer serious. Oh, questions you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, if there's a buoy on the front, then it's even better. <laughs> Thank you. No, um, I think realistically, the only way to tell if an anime is good or not is to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. And even that is not enough, because sometimes the show botches it, like, halfway into its run. Yeah, so I think it's worth it to try watching an anime that interests yes. you, just in general. Because sometimes it's going to be bad. Uh, in fact, I'd say that more often than not, you you as a person are probably going to be disappointed by it, because it, things are not going to be for everyone. Yeah. But... I think when you find the, you know, handful of shows that you really like from a season or a year, those are really good. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it, anime is like TV. You you watch a lot of it, and you kind of figure out what you like about it. The only thing is that anime is so hyper-saturated as a medium than anything else that there's just so much that you could watch. Yeah. Like, uh, old old host future friend occasionally asks me, hey, is there anything in the next season that you think I'd like? And you know what? Uh, most of the time, I have like, oh, there's like two, one or two, because he's he's got the sort of tastes that you know doesn't fit a lot of what makes anime anime in a way. Yeah, the the predominating genres like high school or sports or high school sports, but you know there, I think every season there tends to be at least one show for everyone. Sometimes even more. Yeah. Uh, I think you could very much just depend on like if you think a premise sounds good, you can you can watch it. I think because 
you know, there's a lot of different people who come to anime for a lot of different reasons. Like, I, I like my good, high-quality, complicated, prestige anime. And I think, right. like, your average Sword Art Online ripoff is not just bad, but something that I could just could not get into. But there's mm -hmm. a lot of people that really like that sort of thing. And just, like... Clearly. Will consume anything that's even vaguely like that. So if you read the description of a Sword Art Online, like, and you think that sounds good, then you probably will enjoy it, too, even though I don't. Um... Yeah, please don't take our opinions as fact. It's it's what we think. As a matter of fact, don't take anyone's opinion as fact when it comes to anime. Just don't look up other people's opinions. Or, well, do. And if they say it's really bad, like, unanimously, then don't watch it. But if they say it's really good, even though you're think, you think I'm not sure about it, then don't listen to them. Because anime, as a genuine artistic medium, is so young uh, that there's a lot of people with the wrong opinions out there. And And there's definitely, like, you can take some opinions as, like, Okay, so if this person likes it, maybe I will like it. There are people whose tastes are similar to yours. But, you know, yeah, a lot of people like things that I don't like, so I, you know, it's, it depends. It's, it's a hard thing to figure out, and it's gonna have to be up to you to, like, cause there's never been an easier time to access anime. Yeah. What you can do is if you do find an anime you like, then you can look online to see what other anime that are similar people think is good. Because at least within yeah. subgenres, you can usually find people with similar tastes pretty easily. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, like, even on something as, like, bad as the My Anime List, like, recommendations, people describe why they think those things are similar, and if they're the elements you care yeah. about, then give it a shot. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you, ultimately, if you want to find good anime, you have to kind of do some research on yeah. it. Just a little bit. Just go, just, just yeah. go, go to lifechart.me, uh, read some of the descriptions, and just check one of them out, because they're probably going to be on Crunchyroll. Yeah, like, a live chart is nice because it also has links to when they those things get to a simulcast station. You can just click on them and it'll yeah. take you straight there. And, I mean, sure, if you don't pay the money, you have to wait a week, but that's fine. You don't... If if you are the type of person who's just only cursorily into anime, you don't care about watching it as soon as it comes out. And, yeah, it's just... It's an easy time to watch something, so just, I don't know, search for something and give it a shot if something sounds interesting to you. And also watch Death Parade, you'll like it. Right. Death Parade is for literally everyone. Yeah. Unless you're unless you're kind of grossed out by violence and blood cuz there is some of that. There's a lot of there's a lot of violence. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's one of those things ultimately you're going to have to decide for yourself if you like a thing or not. Yeah. And I I think it is worth trying because sometimes anime tells a story that maybe wouldn't work in other media. Sometimes it is good, uh despite what you may have heard. Yeah. Um So that's all the fan mail we've had. Yeah. Uh, we are looking into getting a new iTunes listing done because uh, Future Friend lost the email. We have to say goodbye tunes to the old one. Exactly. And so we'll be making a new one and we'll uh, let you know on our Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash Chaco under disaster, <laughs> where you can find all the hot news about us. We don't actually post that yeah, much. Yeah, we, we only post, like, silly up. merchandise that we see. Yeah, we, we post silly merchandising. We post when you can send us questions because we're doing shows. And we'll post when the episodes go up. And also if we ever get, you know, like, licensing deals. Yeah. But yeah, so, uh, that's it for this season. This upcoming season. I am excited for a lot of the shows that are coming. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's looking like a solid lineup. Yeah, uh, I mean, we won't know, because a lot of, it, it's just always, it's always a, 
It's always a gamble. In a I don't way. know. I think we have a couple of surefire shots on there, like uh, Natsume and Haikyuu. Yeah, Natsume, I think, be- uh, just because of it, it being a thing that... Yeah, Natsume and Haikyuu, because they're riding on the strengths of their previous seasons. Yeah, and just based on my own knowledge, uh, Fume Wamu and uh, uh, Trigatsu, Mar- March comes in like a lion, would have to really screw it up to be bad. Would have to really have yeah. to be Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think this... It's weird because I feel like this season, or this year, in a way, hasn't had maybe as many of those. Yeah. I, or it hasn't felt that definitely way. Definitely not. Like, it definitely seems like it's it's been a lot more gambles and a lot more like, this might be interesting, and oh, this turned out pretty okay, but nothing like as stand out as a lot of other years. Definitely nothing as good as Death Parade yet this year. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for how this year is going to end as far as anime. Mm-hmm. It it looks it looks pretty good. Yeah. Oh. No, never mind. Okay. Um, anyways, I've been Chorpsway. I've been Jordan. Next time we come at you, we're going to tell you about what happened to all the shows we were watching during summer. Did we stick with them? Did we drop any more of them? Did they turn out great? We'll find out then. See you guys then. Don't forget to go to lootanimate.com slash chocolate disaster to get 10% <laughs> off your next loot crate submission. <laughs> we're not sponsored. No, we're not. But I wish we were. Contact us. <laughs> <laughs>